We need monsters. Lots of them. Where shall we find them? Japan is the right place. Ah, Japan requires a passport. We don't want to die. I mean, haunted houses don't work if it isn't Halloween. Arrgh! I know. Let's open my handy-dandy portal to Eternia and just take some things out of there. What a great idea. You bungling bumbleheads want monsters? Fine. You can have Battle Cat and take whatever else from Castle Greystyle you want. It will help me out a lot. Your backlog, The Final Frontier. These are the voyages of the RPG Backtrack, its continuing mission to explore games from the way back when right up through yesteryear, to seek out forgotten games and neglected classics, to boldly discuss what you have not played before. RPG Backtrack, the longest-running podcast about your favorite RPGs of the past. Get ready for in-depth discussion of plots, characters, gameplay, and more from the staff of RPGamer.com. Here are the hosts of RPG Backtrack, Bill Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack. This is episode number 203. Yo, Kai, watch this. Uh, <laughs> guess you can't guess what we're talking about today. <laughs> Uh, anywho, uh, so, uh, I am your host, uh, Phil Willis, as that introduction said, and this is the one and only Mr. Mike Minky. I feel as if I should have something eloquent and loquacious prepared, but I really don't. I'll have to work on that next time. Uh, speaking of loquacious, we have Mr. Michael Lapps. Hello, and welcome to Q&A Quest, episode... And we have Mr. New Guy. (laughs) And I was on that Q&A Quest. Okay, and And for some reason... And this is the show with just Mike, Miki, and I (laughs) talking about a game we haven't played. So here we go. That'll prove fun. Yeah, right? It will prove fun. We'll look at some screenshots, say, hey, that could be interesting. And probably leave it there. It looks just like it's like in there. Catch a few monsters, you're good. It, it's a Pokemon ripoff. Hated it, and then we're done. See, boom. That's what happens when you guys get saucy on the RPG backtrack. Ouch! Isn't, isn't Pokemon technically a Dragon Quest V ripoff? Oh, this is an SMT ripoff. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> like ooh. Of a ripoff of a ripoff. All right, who's gonna research to see which one came out first? The original. Oh, it's, it's SMT. You sure? Before the original Pokemon? Oh, long before. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. It was before Pokemon too. So, 
Let's see, Dragon Quest V came out in 92. SMT1 came out in 91 or so. Wait, when did the when did the original MT one and two come out? They just came out on the Famicom. But I don't know if you could collect monsters or demons or whatever the hell they were called in the original. Well, while our fact checkers are going and checking that out, we're going to take a break and we'll come right back with our main event. up your hair they'll trip you up give you a flat tire or make your socks go missing in the dryer yo i make mischief anywhere and you may not even believe they're there let me introduce you to my friend he's found a way to connect with him he's got a Supernatural entourage He can talk to the spirits He doesn't have to fear it And they're always gonna hear it Cause you know he's got a yokai watch He can talk to the spirits He doesn't have to fear it And they're always gonna hear it Cause you know he's got a yokai watch Welcome back. This is the main event where we take a game or a series of game and we open up the lid on that six pack and drink it down nice and smoothly. Today we're talking about Yokai Watch 1 and Yokai Watch. Well, it's not Yokai Watch. It's just called Yokai Watch. Whatever. Yokai Watch and Yokai Watch 2. Uh, the first one here was. <clears throat> excuse me. Was. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Oh my gosh, I pulled up the wrong webpage. Oh no. That's the problem. Yeah, Yokai Watch is so big, you can't just like type it in and assume you're gonna get like the actual game. Oh, and oh you yeah, know, you got everything. As long as we're talking about Yokai Watch, we'll probably have to talk about Yokai Watch Blasters because we'll never ever get a chance to talk about that again. Yeah, right. The video game was published uh, by Level Five in Japan and released worldwide by Nintendo. Uh, this was released on the Nintendo 3DS in North America, November 6, 2015. A single and multiplayer RPG experience for—I did say the 3DS, right? Nintendo 3DS. Yes. Yeah, you gotta catch them all with your watch. You got to watch them all with your. You don't yokai. catch them at all, Phil. No, you sure? Because that's what it that, looks. You know, just, that's horrible. Just an assumption here, but catching um, a bunch of little monsters and confining them to small devices—that's like evil. Yeah, right. And then forcing them to fight fight each other. Nothing wrong with that. You are you saying that PETA yokai. has problems with this concept? I can't imagine. I think this game came out in the United States with uh, Michael Vick's name on it, right? Ooh. Okay. Well, I think yeah. anything's come out with his name on it for a number of years now. <laughs> Madden. Well, there's got to be a Madden All-Stars out there somewhere, I'm sure. Was he, wasn't he on the cover of a Madden? Oh, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was back in 2005 or something like that. Yeah. It was all the rage. All well, right, this got, so... Uh, this got dark. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> Speaking Maybe speaking should... of uh, topics that should be dead and gone, let's talk about yokai. Yay! The first, uh, what did we get on the Kingdom Hearts episode last time? We had a little background on all of the definitions, so I thought I'd whip up a little something here about what a yokai actually is, because this isn't um, just something that they made up. Um, in Japan, a yokai actually is a class of supernatural creatures, spirits, demon. It's the folklore thing that they have over there. This is their uh, word for um, things. But it's 
spirits, ghosts. It's their word for that. Um, usually they have animal features. Others can be human. They can even look like inanimate objects, which a lot of the ones in the game uh, definitely pick up on these three things. You got the animals, the human-like ones, and definitely inanimate objects. Um, they usually have spiritual, supernatural abilities. You know, don't all something in every video game probably much have some sort of ability that you normally wouldn't have. And yeah, that that's where the term yokai came from. It's actually appeared in lots of games, lots of RPGs. Uh... I don't think I noticed it until after Yokai Watch, but um, yeah, the, the term has definitely shown up before. So, and I th- I think a lot of these games were inspired. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, uh, Resident Japan expert Gaijin uh, told us a lot about some old. I think it was an an anime or something else. Uh, from years ago that involved yokai that apparently inspired a lot of these games. Uh, so um, not uh, there's not a lot about the concept of this game, I would say, is original. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that that's to its detriment, because it does a lot of cool things. But yeah, it's... And... Yeah, it, it, they took a mythology and ran with it. I mean, like yep. a lot of video games. People, I mean, a lot of RPGs started with medieval themes from medieval Europe, basically. Right. And, you know, you've got all these different mythologies. You look at the SMT series. They pull from lots of different mythologies. And I, I can't imagine what sort of difficulties there were involved with localizing these games. As uh, I know, for one thing, the names of the yokai are, are like all word puns, like very specific to the Japanese language. Um, no idea how you translate those, and I think some of them they just didn't. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's overall it's like a very Japanese concept. And, you know, once we get talking into the story and stuff about this game, they did a remarkably good job localizing this game. But um, oh yeah, they're all all the work that went into it. Oh yeah, it's for a game that probably didn't light up the sales charts uh, by any means. Um, I really appreciate the work that was put into it. So maybe we, oh, very much so. Maybe we should go over the plot of the first game. Yeah, we'll uh, go through this here. Um, you start out, and you actually get to pick whether you're going to be a boy or a girl. You get to be Nate or uh, Katie, or name them whatever you wish. And uh, you start the game. You're doing a bug bug collecting assignment um, in your town of Springdale which I know the localization tries very hard to convince you, is in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, boy, do they go to lengths. I wish we could talk about what they did in the third game. <laughs> hey, there's always the final lap where we could talk yep, about if true. we're playing that. wonder if anybody's <laughs> playing that. Um, hmm. But, yeah, Springdale is, I mean, just the name of it, Springdale. You think about, thinking about the Simpsons. Were they in Springfield? Yes. And Springfield, the reason, yes. yeah, Springfield. And the reason the Simpsons picked that, I remember hearing this trivia a long time ago. There are more Springfields in the United States than any other town name, I believe. Well, Matt, do you know why the Simpsons are yellow? Oh, I do not know that. Because there was a sale on yellow ink. That is that the story. Would do it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Springdale sounds, you know, your all-American town and uh, with lots of sushi places and... Uh, some very interesting architecture and whatnot. But um, you're at school and you got to, with your classmates, you're trying to collect this beetle, and which bugs play a big part, this little side quest stuff here. And uh, it tells you to go up in the mountain, use some good 
but you discover this little machine up there. Um, little capsule pops out, and suddenly this looks like Casper the Ghost almost pops out, and he says, hey, I'm Whisper. I'm a yokai. Here, have this yokai watch. And to use it, and you can start befriending some yokai there, and Whisper then goes on to explain that um, yokai are everywhere. You just can't see them because they're hiding. Uh, you just, unless you have a yokai watch or a very special, you encounter a few people throughout the series that can see them naturally or animals too. Um, where they're behind a lots of little things. They're ghosts everywhere, demons or people. Because when you get home, you find that your parents are arguing over dinner. And uh, you soon find out with using your yokai watch that they're being uh, affected by Dismerelda. And Dismerelda is fight. And uh, what was this? This is where you find Jibian. J- oh, Jibanyan. you pronounce that one, Wheels. Jibanyan. Sorry. Oh, man. Yan's in the whole game. That goes forever. Um, Two, near an intersection after uh, getting rid of Dismerelda. And this is a cat yokai, and he was once alive, crossing the street by a truck. Whoops. A lot of times through... <laughs> was... That's correct. <laughs> Wheels? What's that? It, he was killed by a truck crossing the street, right? Yeah, and then you find him trying to fight trucks to yes, get back at them. It, it, he has a thing against trucks. I mean, understandably, if you were killed by a truck, you might want that. Um, he helps out. Um, yokai... And this is kind of where the game takes off. You start getting more to do. Um, you find later that uh, of the yokai are in what's called in spirit testing or making people do stuff. And this is what causes a lot of problems in the game. You got the yokai in spiriting people. So they're behind all of life's little problems, as it turns out. Every problem. <laughs> oh, yes. Every time there's an argument in the game, every time. Um, Wow, that's not how they usually act. Whisper, who is standing next to you almost always, is like, hey, your yokai watch and check the surroundings and see if there's a yokai here doing this. And usually there's a yokai that uh, is punnily named. You got Tattletail here that was making Katie do some stuff, say some things to her friend that were upsetting her. So, oh man, the story goes on and on and on. But You've got Tattletail. She, he's inspiriting Katie. Da, da, da. There are evil yokai that are doing bad things. You got Slamander here, who's uh, breaking seals, disrupting a link between the human and the yokai realm, allowing more bad yokai to come through. Um, you decide, or Whisper tells you, you need to go visit a shop that will become a big part of the rest of the game series. Timers and more. There, um, Mr. Goodsight who can upgrade your yokai watch rank. Um, kind of like a lot of games that level five puts out, a lot of different JRPGs. You've got rank E, D, C, B, A, and then, of course, rank S. Um, so he starts upgrading your watch. Every time you go back to him, as the story dictates, you have to get your watch upgraded. He's always like, oh, I can update your watch, but hey, you need to go do this and this and this. <laughs> and he gives you a mission and, Usually that leads to one or another thing. Um, a lot of the places in the town are locked off, and the gates have letters on them. You can't enter this area until you're rank C, or this one until you're rank A. So while you can wander around a lot of the town, um, 
and uh, locked off from a lot until you're ready to go. Back to the story here. Um, the first da, 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 one of the tasks retrieving Mr. Goodsight's undergarments from the local spa at night. A humor in this game if the uh, whole thing's on puns and everybody being puns and names isn't pretty. This series um, is very goofy. Yeah, the whole yeah, thing does it never not... hides that fact. Nope. I could just keep reading a lot of this. It, what do you remember from the story of the first game, Wheels? Do you remember much of the story? <laughs> uh, a little bit. Um, I know. I remember at the end you have to go like into the 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 yokai world, and I forget what the heck the the final bad guy even was. Yeah, I mean, I, I could read a lot of the. I'm looking at kind of the Wikipedia article here to refresh my memory because it's been three or four years since I've played this. But it boils down to you're doing a lot of little quests around the town. And I'd yeah. say a lot of the game is really opened up by a lot of the optional optional quests that you can do. Yeah, the series in general, I think, kind of embraces um, embraces the idea that you have this whole town and you can kind of wander around and do all sorts of things in addition to just the main story. Which is good because the stories are goofy and fun, but they're not like in depth. Or, uh, I mean, they're funny, they're well written and everything, but you know, they're not gonna to be the whole reason you, you go into the game. So it's great that there's just so many little things, even in this first game, even though it obviously does not have the absurd side activities the later games do. Uh, it has a lot of stuff you can do, and the the town, even in the first game, is pretty huge. It is, yeah. You're walking around at one point. Um, one of the mechanics is you can walk around, you can dash around, but you have a little bar pretty quickly that depletes if you dash around, and then you get tired and you got to slow down. But the town's huge. Um, oh, yeah. Luckily, eventually, um, at one point, you save your dad's job. Of course, that's being Kai behind something he's problem he's having at work, and uh, you, you get a bike that helps out a lot. Um, how many? big screens. I mean, you, you can look at a whole map and you're in this one part of town and then the eastern part of the town opens up and then the western part opens up and then downtown and you can go up to the mountain. Um, there's a lot of little places you can go. Quirky things about it is the crosswalks. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can stop at a crosswalk or you can run through it and you can stop and hit the button to get the and wait for the walk sign. And there's actually cars in the street all the time that won't hit you. They always manage to slow down um, just in time, but run enough crosswalks without hitting the button. Really powerful. Guy that comes and just, unless you're a high enough level, just beats the crap out of you. <laughs> Think, Cause there's not a big penalty for death in this game. No. Not really. As a matter of fact, I know there is, there's not a... I, I mean, I know when you lose to that guy, you just end up back in the street corner and whispers there like, oh, I told you, you should have hit the crosswalks or something like that. Let's not do that again. <laughs> and uh, was it the danger time or... It was uh, in the first game? What is it called? Um, terror time. Terror time. Oh. Do you remember what that was like in the early game? Uh, I don't, actually, unless it's just like it is in 3, but no, it was kind of, it was kind of an annoying side thing, so... Randomly, to too. Get through it as much as I could. Yeah, it, it was another thing where... Was it only at night in the first one? I believe so. Yeah, it, sometimes you would sleep at home, or if you were walking around at night, all of a sudden you'd hear a clock ticking down, and it was like, terror time! And 
street. They were trying to hunt you down. And again, there was a ridiculously hard boss that if he caught you before you could find your way out of terror time, there was always some exit back to the regular world. Yeah. You would just encounter a battle that would kill you. (laughs) And you'd wake up in bed and you'd be a little groggy and, oh man, I just had like the worst dream. That was really weird. (laughs) So... That that was interesting. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of little, there's little problems going on in the town. Um, usually they're all being done by yokai. And yeah, you, you're helping out at the school. The first one takes place in summer, I believe. Uh, so you're not in yeah. school. It's open and you're going back and forth with some classmates sometime. You ha- I think it's summer just to give that impression that, hey, you're because you're like a little kid. You're like 10 years old or something in the game. Brown and basically... Um. Yeah. But yeah, you're fighting these supernatural beings and everything. Yeah, team of yokai. Maybe we should talk about the combat system now. So, I mean, yeah, the story is not exactly what you would play this for. No. Um, for goofy fun and monster collection and the puns and maybe the battle system if you'd like that. I really, really love the battle system. <laughs> I, I do too. I think yeah, it's this, a lot this of is... fun. Um, do you want me to go over kind of the basics? Go ahead. Um, so you have a party of six and it kind of literally uses the idea of the watch. So you have three yokai active in battle at any given time and kind of using the shoulder buttons and rotate, um, either direction and switch in, you know, the, the next yokai on the right and moving the moving one on the left out or the exact opposite, rotate the next one in the left in and rotate the one on the right out. So. Um, you can kind of move out of battle yokai that are injured or are inspirited. Basically, it's kind of the status ailment where they don't really do much. Um, and the yokai kind of act on their own. So you're kind of, I'd say, acting like a commander. Um, so you can interact directly by activating yokai super abilities where you have to complete some kind of little mini game, like either using the the control pad and buttons or using the touchscreen directly. So, you know, there's one where you have to spin a wheel around for a certain amount of time or, God, what are some of the other ones? Because all, all the ones from three are in my brain right now. <laughs> I'm like, there's popping bubbles. I thought yeah, that was popping it. bubbles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know the spinning one was annoying because I always did it for the first two games until you said something about the third game to me. I used the touchpad for the first two games 100%. <laughs> Literally every battle, everything other than the... Uh, Using the R and L buttons on the yeah. uh, top of the 3DS to oh, switch no. the yokai in and out. I did everything touchpad. I actually think it's a lot easier with the button controls. A lot of them are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you complete the little mini game, and that will activate the super ability for extra damage or other special effects. And you can also kind of do the same thing to cure your inspirited yokai. If you select one of them, and you do very similar mini games, and you mm-hmm. can um, carry them of that. So the, it's a very like active battle system because there's a lot you have to pay attention to. Um, for a lot of easier battles, it's kind of simple and you don't really have to do that all that much. But for a lot of the boss battles, unless you're like super overleveled, there's a lot you have to pay attention to. You have to bosses see... are poisoning and inspiriting you, yeah. and for the bosses, you really got to use the target command on. Yeah. 
So you can target specific parts of their body. They often telegraph different super attacks. If you have to like attack a certain body part to cancel or, you know, just prepare yourself for getting hit by it. Um, yeah, I honestly wish there was more battles like that. There's plenty of good boss battles, but uh, especially this first game, I wanted more because when the combat is challenging, it's extremely rewarding. You really feel like you're kind of this cool commander of these yokai, and uh, you really have to do a lot to keep everything going and, and um, you know, eventually lead your yokai to victory. So, um, but I mean, even if it's an easier battle that, that just, you know, you still have to manage pretty well. It, it's a lot of fun. And, um, I, I think the, it really does a, a lot to differentiate this game as not just a Pokemon clone. Because I think that's a, the mistake a lot of like games trying to riff on Pokemon do is, you know, you just got the traditional turn-based combat system. It's largely just, this is like Pokemon, except different creatures. And um, yeah, so this game really different itself from that. And, and it really allows for a lot of cool animations with the yokai as well, because they all have their ultimate attack, usually has a cool animation. And given the number of yokai in here, that's a lot of cool animations you could, um, you know, end up seeing. So, Birds of them, and yeah, they're pretty unique. Also, the ultimate attack, of course, is based on their uh, little soul meter. I think I don't think it's actually called S here or anything, but the ultimates attack are the, called their. Uh oh, we're getting Robo New attacks. Guy. Robo. Robo New Guy. Robanyan. Yeah, New Guy will be rebooting due to technical difficulties, and now Mr. Apps has to talk about Yokai Watch all by himself. Nah. Uh, well, I can talk about the battles a little more. Um. Is it is it deeper than Pokemon? Cause, no, boy, it's that's not. a deep combat system. It's not. And I don't think it's trying to reach those levels. Um, I'd say as the series goes on and it changes, well, the, the third game is a completely different battle system, and I'd say it's a lot deeper than this one. But, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's not trying to reach any sort of depth that, that Pokemon does. And I think the issues with the capturing mechanics in this game are kind of the same. Um, so... Usually in Pokemon and a lot of monsters in the games, you have to battle a monster, weaken it up, and then you can, you know, uh, throw a ball or throw something at it and capture it. And in the case of this game, uh, not so much. Hmm. Um, you can give them some food at the start of the battle that they like in hopes that they will join you afterwards, but mostly it's just a matter of luck. So it's I'd say it's not really a robust capturing mechanic because it, it's a lot a lot more random uh so uh in that regard you know i would hope the battle system isn't as deep as pokemon because trying to get like the best yokai is a lot more annoying and tedious than oh and have so the way to get them yes so kind of throw food at them and hope for the best <laughs> did um, find and and this happened throughout most of the games that the best ones I ended up getting were from the Crank Akai machine. Yes, that that is the other way you can get them. This was uh, something that came. Uh, I guess a lot of it was based off the toys that came about because in Japan was that something that or is it something that came with figures or because there were actually little plastic medallions. Yes, the little medals. Mm-hmm. I have some of those. And they've got the QR code on them, yep. right? 
So the machine that you get Whisper from way at the beginning of the game, up near the mountain, it's a recurring thing in all the yokai games. It's always in the same spot. But you can, um, three times a day, buy your 3DS, three times a day, you can go, and if you have gotten coins at the game, they're pretty rare to get. Um, think like the mini medals in a Dragon Quest game. You're not going to be finding them all over the place. Um but you can go, I, I want to say it's the post office or the bank, one of the places you can go and you can say, hey, I've got a QR code to scan in. And using the camera on your 3DS, you can scan in QR codes. And some of them give you some pretty good items. But a lot of those codes that come from those medallions are for these coins that you can put in the machine. It spins the wheel, you get various prizes. And some of the better coins, you're getting an S-ranked yokai quite a bit. Yep. And I will say, both games, it's just a QR code. I would find a website that has, hey, scanned in images of every coin, and I would spend 10 minutes scanning in codes. I would just go plop three coins in the yokai machine, and if I got two or three yokai, that could last me through the game. You know, yeah. you have a couple good healers, you got a couple good damage dealers, you space them out along those six, and you're good to go. I'd say that's the other thing about this game in comparison to Pokemon. I'd say a lot of times in Pokemon, you need to seek out specific Pokemon, keep adjusting your team to maybe get through certain gyms and stuff. Whereas this game, you can be a lot more chill just about kind of sticking with what you have. You know, get whatever ones you happen to join, you can use them. I That was kind of the way I went through this first game was, just, you know, whatever ones I find, except certain ones I have to try and get for some of the... Uh, main quests, uh, but for the most part, I didn't go out of my way to try and get anything, or try and hunt anything down. Just whatever I happened to get, I got. And, you know, I did fine. You get plenty. You get plenty without trying to do anything, and that's all you're really going to need to go through. People that want to go crazy with it, you know, you can, and it's like I said, it can be a bit more difficult than Pokemon, but um, it's really not required for enjoyment of the game. It's, oh. it's very important to note that, I think, because I think a lot of people were turned off by sort of the capturing aspect of, without realizing that you don't really have to do it at all unless you're, you want to. Yeah, if you're a completionist trying to get yeah. all, whether 300 or 400 in the first game. and Something like that. It, it goes crazy by the time you get to number three. Yeah. I mean, just like, just like Pokemon, but I would say the, the curve is a lot bigger. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's not its not like Pokemon where, like, the first thing you do in the game is, like, hey, here's some Pokeballs, go catch something. No, it never really it never really does that. Um, and you kind of get, you get, I mean, you get, like, Jamanyan kind of through the story, and, um, you know. I think I kept him the whole first game. Yeah, me too. And, you know, you can just get whichever ones you think are neat, and even if they're not like S rank or A rank or whatever, you can get through the game with your favorite. You know, that's one thing I kind of like about this is, you know, you can get the whatever goofy nonsense yokai you like and just go through the game. <laughs> it could be <laughs> fine. Like, I'm going through three with the car yokai, which is great. Oh, yes. Um, what was I talking about going through the game with these? There is um, well, you find later on in the game, and you can... Fuse your yokai. Oh yes, I forgot about that. Uh, well, it it was all I all but forgot about it in I think the first couple games. I never did it very much. <laughs> it's it's very rare. I mean, I, I know I would catch 
I'd catch a few here and there. There was definitely no way, like, in Pokemon, easily to go into an area and in 10 minutes pretty much have caught everything that was there. But you open up this temple, and they'll do yokai fusing. And sometimes it takes two different yokai fused together to get the next level up, or I and an item can also be fused together to make a new one. And I'd go in there sometimes, and it automatically shows you items that are available to be fused. And there'd be times I'd walk in either the first or the second game, too, with 20, 30, 40 yokai in my possession that could be fused, and maybe a dozen or so items that were also, and none of them would be lit up. (laughs) Meaning, I didn't have the components. It didn't spell it out very well. I think at one point, they tell you, hey, get this, get this, and you go there and you fuse it. But then when you're left to your own devices the rest of the game, I I, want to say maybe in the first two games... I found two or three fusions total. Wow. I don't know your experience with the fusing. Uh, I don't remember fusing anything. <laughs> okay. <so> tired. <laughs> there we go. Just like catching fusing is not something that's going to happen quite often. Yeah. A lot of little things to do. You could fish a lot in the game. Um, there were fishing spots. Uh, bug collecting was a big one. Yep. Way too much time with that with the first one only to find out that, you know, you just turn it into the jungle gym place or whatever. <laughs> okay, so you get some points and trade it for some items. I, I thought I did it a lot, but once I saw the price of some of the items at the store that I might want to get, then I was like, okay, I played around with that mechanic enough. <laughs> Not gonna have stag beetles just to trade it in for that. Game is very chill, I think is the best way I can put it. It's very chill. If you want to get lost in side quests, um, like a lot of level 5 games, there's a bunch of people standing around town with little blue things above your head, and you can talk to them and start a side quest. Yeah, pretty much all of it is lovingly localized. I, re- I really can't say enough how much I appreciate whoever worked on these games. I, I really want to find out who did, because um just went above and beyond. It's it's amazing. So the side quests were like usually puns or something in them. Or... Uh, yeah. Humorous little titles. What about the you know y'all y'all have praised the you know the the localization and turned the dialogue and the such. It was the story overall compelling. No, it's not. No. I didn't say it's compelling. It's <laughs> no. entertaining. It's entertaining, and that's really all it sets out to to do. It's not trying to be deep or profound or anything. I mean, this is a game where most of the creatures are puns. So you know, it, it's all about having a good time. And I think the story does does enough. The story in the later games are definitely, I think, more entertaining. But this one did definitely more focused. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that has to do with kind of bringing in a lot of elements of the anime, um, which I think do a lot for it because it gives a lot of the characters. Um, it adds a lot to the characters, I should say. Whereas here, a lot of them are uh, not all that interesting. Like, Whisper is really kind of a helpful little yokai butler in this game, and it's not until the second where he becomes the lovable idiot that uh, he is in the anime. (laughs) (laughs) And see, I've not seen that. I I wrote that down in the notes for the game that um, they did release, and I think it was on Disney XD, about a month before the game came over to North America, they did release the anime here, trying to uh, garner a little bit of attention for it came out in the United States almost two and a half years, eh, maybe 28 months in Japan. Yeah, it's it was a really long time after. I'm not, it, not it, sure why, but... 
It was a full year after the second one was in Japan that yeah. we got the first. And I mean, that's why we got three so late, you know, surprised that it even came out, but uh, I'm not, not sure what their plan was with all this, but whatever. <laughs> it's very confusing to me. They'll make a big push with the Switch for four. I guess the four four looks very different. Although one one thing that interests me is they they're bringing back the whole yokai world element of one that they kind of disappeared after the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the second one was definitely all about family, and we'll get to that in a minute. I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, it's actually mostly the plot of the first yokai watch movie, which I think is the only yokai watch movie to make it over to the states. Yeah, I got to look see, these up. I got to see part of it in a movie theater. Before my son wanted to leave. Oh. He he was only like uh, three, almost four at the time. So totally, literally young. Uh, You know what? My uh, first movie I took my son to, he was about right around three. Because I remember we were in up at spring break. So yeah, he was three. And it was Cars 3. Ah, nice. Halfway through the movie, I think our bucket of popcorn was done. And he kind of turned to me. He's like, okay, daddy, I'm ready to go. (laughs) Who probably watched Cars 1 about 50 times, and oh Cars 2 a good dozen times, and he was enjoying it, but still turned to me and like, eh, alright, this was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to watch the whole movie three times in the theater. Oh, wow. Which is, which is good, because it's way better than the first day, so. Oh, it was. Good movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see, anything else about the first one? I think that's about it. I mean, if it's not like the story of these games are... Uh, connected that much or anything so i wouldn't recommend people start with this game really i'd say just go to two or three Mm -hmm. yeah i i I could easily say that too yeah i mean i i felt i didn't do a lot of i looking at my 3ds i think i spent way more time with two almost yeah maybe even double just because i started getting into like i'm gonna do a lot of side quests because a lot of these are just fun and funny but i mean if I'd certainly recommend that if people enjoy the other games, definitely go back to this one. And certainly, as stores probably start to clear out their stock of 3DS games, if you see it on the cheap, highly recommend picking it up. Sure, Phil like, will fill us in. Yes, on the uh, the, the watch on Yokai's watch prize, the yeah. price watch. Price, yeah, yes. Prize. I watch. had the Phil filling us in too, pun, but you know, that <laughs> might have got lost there. <laughs> Um, shoot. And again, you like, you like stick this in and what you get is a, is a whole bunch of merchandise and it's, it's almost as bad as Pokemon. Really? It's, it's, it's... well, I think they kind of tried to make it exactly, well, it took off and they merchandised the hell out of it and be too much. And we got, got it for, uh, 18 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, that's a good deal. 4.5 stars. So people like their, people like their yokai so much so. That they they came did four point five stars based on how many reviewers? Uh, three. Yeah. So no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Wait for the sink well, in. Two hundred and ninety-two. How uh, many Phil... reviewers does Big Rigs Over the Road Racing have? <laughs> I know, right? Well, uh... well uh, I'd say a lot of people used to like their yokai um, series has dropped in popularity, dropped off a cliff in popularity in Japan. Unfortunately. Well... Uh, but, but they liked the first one well enough that they made a second one. Yokai mm-hmm. Watch 2, Bony Spirits, developed by Level 5, published by Nintendo. This was released on the wait, Nintendo. Wait, wait, I think Bony Spirits is just one of the titles it goes by. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's the one that's in Wikipedia, so it must be the right one. We don't want to talk about the other one anyway. It's all... We, you don't want to talk this about is a G. Oh, see, stop it. No, this is a G-rated podcast. Okay, okay then we can that talk about the third right. version. The third version, Psychic Specters. Oh, my gosh. The, the conservatives are coming out with their pitchforks now. Do you know when I was growing up, like like one of the one of the local churches wanted us to like donate all our Pokemon cards so we could put them into a big pile and burn them? Oh, for love of God! This was also the same church that also wanted to get rid of all my D books. Being saved. So, anyways, we digress. Um, <laughs> this was no, no. Please, please continue. How continue to tell us how Dungeons and Dragons is actually a method of worshiping Satan. I'm curious how this correlates. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I, you know, back in the the 80s, there was a couple of suicides, and they did some re... You know, of course, every time someone kills themselves, Wait, 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 wait. I think I remember a whole bunch of people <laughs> killing themselves because they were listening to heavy metal. Well, Wasn't yeah. that it? That was that was demonic that as well. Heavy metal music. Yep. That's the only explanation. Well, absolutely. That's what happened. They 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 investigated this teenager who killed himself. Found out he had D and D books and stuff. So of course that was the reason. It had nothing to do with anything else. So uh, so of course <laughs> no, it must I'm be sure. from. And it had pictures of demons on the front of the book. So that certainly didn't help out any. I'm uh, sure it was such a loving family environment where everyone was supportive that there was absolutely no reason this guy wouldn't have gotten everything he needed from those around him. Yeah, no, I even remember being shown videos when I was a kid showing that, you know, there was different forms of witchcraft and the, 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 the person playing the witch had D&D books and dice in his, you know, as part of his set of like, this is demonic. Is this a bad time to mention that I had a priest in D&D who worshipped Cthulhu? See, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, that's all to say that yokai watch Bodhi spirits and I don't know if it's a bad it. time, but it's a very interesting time. Actually, no, I'm sorry. He wasn't a priest. He warlock. Sorry. My bad. Wait a minute. Specifics. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Those but... words aren't, aren't even closely related at all. <laughs> But I could I could certainly say that uh, that the yeah, the church would certainly not approve of bony spirits and fleshy souls. What it's just a it's just a game where you befriend weird spirits and demons and monsters. Yeah, that's not no that's all on the not, level. No, no, the priest the priest of the holy church of anti D and D he does not approve. So uh, yeah, so what what churches protested yokai watch this. This was released on July 10th, 2014 for the <laughs> Nintendo 3DS, a single-player, multiplayer RPG experience. That was in Japan. We didn't get that for two more years. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess I should expand this. Oh, hey, look at that. Yeah, North America, September 30th, 2016. And, uh, but, we, you know, but we, we had to wait a whole other year to get Psychic Specters. Mm-hmm. Why? Was that different somehow? It's got more stuff. Okay. I, I never did get around to that one. I'll have to let wheels there. Well, I, I did. I have actually have not finished two, but, but I got picked up Psychic Specters because it's like you can just import your data and then you have access to the extra stuff. So whatever. Sounds good. Um, so I don't actually know what it was added into it. <laughs> Hundred percent sure either. So yeah, I, I was to be completely honest. I was completely dumbfounded as to why that that was released that year, and they had, didn't release three then because releasing three when 3DS was dying. But that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, this is Yokai Watch too. We've got more of a story here. We do, we do, and of course, um, you know, it you're using the same city, you're using the same person, 
Um, but of course, you don't want to have people getting all their high-powered yokai from the first game and then just importing it into a second game and starting off all that way. So the game begins with yokai taking your watch away mm-hmm. and erasing your main character's memories. And of course, they take all those yokai medals that you got. Yes, and no, that, that that just reminded me of what happens in three. <laughs> Remind me to bring that up in the final lap. We will because for story reasons, you're starting over from level one and yeah, hi friends again. Uh, and your parents are arguing over different brands of donuts, and I can't I don't know if that's different in the different games, but you've got spirit donuts and soul donuts, uh, two two different shops and you know there's a big difference in types of donuts and flavors of donuts and you'll encounter people throughout this game that are very much spirity donut people and other ones that are very solely donut people and my god i'm guessing that the localization team could not license it's not donuts anymore it's just duncan or crispy cream or what other big donut chains are there uh, hit on the what's, only two. <laughs> what's, what's the one in Canada? Uh, Tim Hortons. Do they actually make donuts or are they just coffee? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought I guess, Tim Hortons was the Starbucks of the North. Yeah. yeah. I guess Starbucks has donuts. Yeah, they're not very good, so they don't count. Uh, <laughs> oh, I I know the the local Asian food and donuts place here. Asian food and that seems like quite the mix. I didn't come uh, up with the name, sir. It's just what somebody saw, thought was a great idea for Marquee. You can get your okay. Asian food and your donuts. Well, when I think of Japan, I always think of their donuts. So, uh, As do I. Like a good mix. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It is the first food that comes to mind when you talk about Japan. Sushi. Do they have any um, Dunkin' Donuts in Japan? Has it expanded to Japan? Wait, it would, be, it would just be Dunkin' now, wouldn't it? Oh, did, did they really do that? I think they did. Oh. <sighs> Entrance to my neighborhood, and I've lived here three years and never stopped there. But it it it, it, it hurts. Called Duncan doesn't shouldn't it be sold at basketball games? <laughs> Sell their donuts so you can dunk them in their coffee. <laughs> I don't live in the Northeast, no. and I know that's a huge big thing up there. Is it? I was in New York once, and when we went there, I was surprised that every street corner, instead of a CVS or Walgreens, like in Florida. There was a Dunkin' Donuts on, like, every corner of oh, yeah. there. I was very amazed by that. Um, I lived in about a medium-sized town, and I want to say there were, like, five Dunkin' Donuts in town, including one in Walmart. So, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I live in a, I'd say, a smaller town than I did then, and we have three Dunkin' Donuts. So, well, I don't have either, but I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Well, there you go. Back to our story, though. There's only two donut shops in this entire city, which you're in the same city. They get to reuse a lot of assets in this game. Um, You're in the same city, and you're doing a bunch of tasks in this city. But one thing that goes on pretty early in the game is you need to go visit your grandmother. And this opens up a new country town. So you're, you're still in quote, the USA. So you go to the nearby country town in the USA of Harrisville. It's a bunch of rice paddies. Looks because... like you know, it looks like any normal farm town in the USA. If yeah. there was a normal farm town in the USA that looked like a farm town in Japan. Yep. yep. You, you've got your tiered <laughs> fields of rice paddies and yep. um, n- no fields of corn or wheat, just lots, lots of places there. Um, and in this town of Harrisville... There what are soybean? 
Is anyone growing soybeans or is it all rice? You know, it could be. Pay attention to the, the main focus of the game was not farming. This wasn't Stardew oh. Yokai. I mean, you know that. Hey, that'd be a good, uh, <laughs> be a good additional activity they can add into one of these games. Oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> Yokai Watch Four because... isn't out yet. It, I think it's too late for Yokai Watch Three, though. Yes, Yokai Watch Three has its own entire second game in it. But again, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> it, which I could easily spend more time on than entire first game here, but. Um, in Harrisville, you're talking to Grandma, and you've got some yokai gangs going on there that are causing some problems. They uh, are the things that we've never heard of before, the fleshy souls and the bony spirits. And countering at some point a yokai, cat yokai, Havrinyan, two years ago, absorbing some energy there, and he's talking about... Uh, uh, he's, he's talking to the grandmother, talking about someone he knew 60 years ago. And time stone. And this transports you 60 years into the past. And that's where this game kind of doubles up on its acreage. Because you can go to the present day and Harrisville. You can go into the past. Harrisville and uh, what were we talking about before? Springdale. Yeah. Kind of doubles up. It's neat to see the everything was there like a sepia tone am i remembering this correctly i forget entirely crazy about maybe a little sepia tone um to the old time but you end up fighting along a boy fighting with a boy in the past especially in harrisville and he's a little kid with a cape i want to say out of this story revolves around that going back in time and dealing with someone and is it immediately clear who he is you remember that no Turns out it's your grandfather. Yep, and this reminds me that we—I forgot—we didn't. I don't think mentioned that you could pick a boy or girl character in both these games. And I led so, with that in the first, not the second. Yeah, you could do that in the second. I I remember because I specifically picked a female character because I had watched a lot of the anime and the anime movie, so I wanted to see how it was different. So. Does she get to meet her grandmother, or is it still grandfather? I it was still grandfather. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a different. It's not like the same character though. It's specifically like a different looking character. Oh, okay. Just a nice touch. And again, I'm not a hundred percent. I've even read through the wiki here, and I'm not a hundred percent everything. But it does involve a lot of time travel. Yep. Going back and forth. I, I want to say at, at one point something happens in the past that affects the future. And I think you're the only one that notices that but different. Mm-hmm. Ooh, well, this wasn't how this was supposed to turn out. So back to the past time travel. Out. It, again, it's just a lot of little side quests, a lot of little things to do. Almost everything that you could do in the first game is back in the second game. The art of the second game's past. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Because, I mean, it had all the same locations. I want to say Old Springdale was a little bit smaller. Yeah. But, I mean, it so have... it's, it's a lot more to explore. <laughs> a lot more. I mean, considering you just have one city for the entire first game. Did the first game have the beach town? Uh, I don't I think <laughs> so. I don't so. They're all running together because all these games take place in the same places. Yeah. They really You're... get a lot of mileage out of these assets. I mean, I guess that's why you can keep doubling the size because, hey, 
hey, art team, create one whole new city because we got everything for the original right here. Yes, if you're ever wondering, how do they release so many of these yokai games in such a short period of time? That's that's why, because they're really reusing a lot of areas, adding a few new areas, some new yokai, but I um, mean, you know, really a bulk of, like, a bulk of stuff is already done for them, so. Um, mm-hmm. not, not that and I'm you... complaining, because it kind of works. Oh yeah, it's fun to revisit all the stuff, and in some places you remember, you're like, hey, I know where the old-timer and watch store is, I know where to get my watch upgraded, and not fuse any yokai together, because I can't <laughs> crank a Kai machine is, and how to scan in some QR codes at the post office, and get some better ones there. It's it's familiar, but at the same time, it's expanded every time. Yep. It's what you'd want in a series of games. Exactly. It's not Final Fantasy reinventing the wheel every time. It's also not Final Fantasy with a memorable story or right. that either. It's also not po- but, Pokemon having to introduce you to a whole new region like every time. Correct. And yeah, they don't make a big deal out of, hey, look, there's all new yokai. You're getting the blend of them every time. Yeah. And I think I think at this point you get Jabanyan pretty much right away in all of them. Yeah, yeah. He he was. I think he's the first one you get in this one as well. Yeah. Well, not as well because he was a tad bit later in the first one, but it's kind of a nice touch. Cause basically, like the the big character for the series. You know, unlike some some of the other games of this. He's type. Pikachu. He's yeah. Yokai Pikachu. Yep. So unlike some of the games where maybe Pikachu is hard to get, they're just like, no, here's Jabanyan. You're good. Yeah, these uh of gosh, dozens of the Nyans. Yes. I, I was looking at a list from the second game and I mean you've got one named after all the different you got Sapphire Sapphire and who's a sapphire colored one and Emyan and Rubyon and Topion, because he's a topaz and Dion who's a diamond and who's orange and Kiwion who's the color of a kiwi and Grapeon. I mean the list goes on and on. Drakenyan, the vampire. Yep. <laughs> you got Watermelon, who's the color of a watermelon. I mean, he really looks like that, too. I know, like, I just finished up three, and my little three-year-old all the time talks about the kitty fighting game. That All the time, he's like, kitty fighting game? Fight the kitty cats? Because <laughs> they're so cute, and why not have a bunch of those on your team? I mean, there's plenty of other ones, too, but... They're uh, pretty cool and usually still, pretty good. My favorite is Robanyan, although that's mostly Robanyan. because he's hilarious in the uh, the TV show. I'll see. And I, I, now I got to watch the TV show. I'll have to yeah. get that for my kids. It's just goofy. Like, um, you know, you think of the Pokemon anime where it's you know it's uh Ash and his whole journey, and there's no journey here. It's just weekly nonsense, <laughs> <laughs> which is what these games are. Yeah. Uh, based on the the one movie they brought over, I'm assuming the movies do a little bit more the epic scale. But I remember one episode of the anime was just like there was a yokai that made it so everyone really has to pee, <laughs> and that was like that was the conflict of the episode was dealing with that yokai, <laughs> which probably has bladder or kidney or something in its name somewhere. But I forget what the name of it was. Just... The toiletta. Yeah, uh, could be, but I, uh, I mean that—that's just this game and this series in a nutshell. It's so ridiculous puns, like to the point where he, uh, to the point where they're so like so on the nose or so stupid that it's funny. 
Yeah, I remember when we were talking about this on Q&A Quest, uh, was telling us about, I, I had asked him about it, because in the third game, you get one, and I was like, okay, I just got to know, like, do these puns work across cultures? Because, and the one I gave him was the linguist, oh, who was yeah. helping you translate stuff, the linguist, and he was a lion. He was a linguist yokai. <laughs> he was a lion. And I said, did that work? In Japanese, that you know, it, is there some word in Japan that means translator or translating or linguist or something that also means lion? Because if not, how does that work? Because in English, they nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he was talking about the kanji symbol or something. He's like, oh yeah, that that works. Show and so, it, for, but for that to then work in another language, that's just pretty. Yeah, I, I would love to have sit in on like a meeting of the people working on this, trying to like figure out the localizations. A lot of these yokai, it, it it's just it's fascinating to me because you know a, a lot of things aren't necessarily that difficult to, to localize, like generals and stuff. But puns <laughs> and jokes that's extremely difficult because it, it relies on you know obviously. The language relies on language. It can rely on culture. Like, you know, certain things in certain cultures are just, you know, people find funny that they don't in other cultures. So um, it, it's it's just really fascinating to me how how great a job they did with this. It's also sad that uh, it hasn't, yeah, obviously it's found some sort of audience because they didn't immediately stop bringing the games over, but... Uh, yeah, I, I can't infinite, emph, emphasize enough how just joyous, goofy, fun these games are. Uh, definitely. They, they are, yeah. you know, you can play all the serious, hardcore RPGs you want, but when you want to just take a break for a little bit and plop it in and have some goofy fun with a battle system, that is definitely different than anything else. Yeah, there's, there's really nothing like this. <laughs> it, and the sec, speaking of the battle system, the second one, I don't... There was no difference, as far as I could remember. No, there were some extra mini-games, but that was about it. Correct. Yep, to uh, do your ultimate moves or to purify somebody who became inspirited and wouldn't do anything in battle. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, it was all the same mechanics. Definitely did not shake it up at all there. No, and, and to that point, I'd say two, in a lot of ways, feels like, okay, let's, you know, one is kind of an experiment, so let's kind of, you know, really make... Uh, what sort of game one could have been, and that's really what two feels like. Because obviously, once you get into three, it's completely new and different battles. Well, for the most part, different. It's still got the mini games. Such. Correct. Yeah, the, they added the, the Yeah, the basic mechanics of how it works are different <laughs> in a good way. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. I I think it's a lot more. Um, it's a lot. Uh, there's a lot more strategic depth to it without overcomplicated things at all. But yeah, I'm trying not to talk about three too much. It's supposed to be about two. Um this reminds okay. me of your guys' podcast a year ago, right after um oh what did the the remake of the three D S game came out with the time travel Oh, um Radiant Historia. Yes. Yeah. I ordered that I want to say right after the perfect chronology came out and everybody's like, well, well, you know, they did this here, but oh no, 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 no. let's talk about the DS game from six years ago. And <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard not to make these comparisons in our head when the other one's fresh. Yeah. How recent but, was it now? Is it's been like a month, two months? 
ish. Beginning of so, February, yeah. February fourth, February fifth. So two months. Yeah. I don't uh, really have yeah. much more to say about the first two. They they're fun games. They're funny. The second one definitely had more of a story, going back in time, going forward in time. And um, two is the first time we see your blasters, right? For blasters and two. Uh, but two has two has tons of stuff to do, and yeah, the story, the whole time travel story, it's a lot more fun, interesting. Um, it, it's a good starting point for the series. Um, like I said, I'd really recommend three, especially if you want a physical copy, because I don't think there's a big print run. So, oh no, <laughs> if you want to have an actual cartridge of it, you should probably track one down now before they disappear. Uh, did you get the only copy of three at your GameStop? Yeah. Um, did, I, did I get it from? Yes. Yeah. Um, I definitely I got the were... only one of the one by me. I don't think they were going to get any copies in had I not like pre-ordered it. Like I don't think they were even going to get a single copy in. No, it was a uh... and Blasters didn't have a big print run either. No. Why that? Because it's in three. Yeah, and yeah, it's a standalone. It's not, <laughs> not quite as fun, but maybe but I, I think uh, we were going to talk about that too. We can just jump right into that, or I think Phil will wait for for Phil to do that. I think Blasters isn't old enough because that just came out. Yeah, when the heck did, did it come out? It I don't know. That was well, not part of our original plan. Yeah. But you can get Yokai Watch to Bony Spirits for $17.09 on Amazon. That's a, Amazon. That, yeah, that's a definite buy. That's a really funny it. looking cover, just for the record. If you can if you can get Psychic Specters, do that instead because that's like they do they've done like uh, third versions of the game and that's kind of like the definitive one with the most content so you can find that one. That was a little harder to find it's not I'm actually sure. yeah that one's like 35 bucks used so but that I mean, may be where the print run stops yeah <laughs> 2017 yeah. that's when they stopped uh but i mean just to just to jump into the series uh yeah just get bony spirits or fleshy souls it's perfectly fine so there you go cool sounds like a fun game series to get into grab your copy while you still can we're going to take a break and we'll come back with some blast from the recent past. This is uh, the Blast from the Recent Past segment where we find uh, a game or a few games from two years ago 
And we just kind of talk about them for a few minutes and let you know whether or not they're worth going back and maybe buying now. Or if you bought them when they were brand new and you threw them into your backlog, maybe we're going to tell you that it's time to turn them into coasters. Uh, of course, games don't come on disc anymore, so maybe you just delete them off your hard drive or something. But No, uh, no. We've got a couple here that are actual games. At least the one that's on 3DS is a definite game that you can purchase in a store yeah, and yeah. resell if necessary. Yeah, you can get on a little tiny cartridge. You won't be able to put your drink on it, though. I feel like that. It could. I mean, you have to balance it really carefully. Did you get one of those your... little uh, vodkas or something and turn it upside down? You could probably. Oh, my sake shot glass would fit on it. There you uh, go. There you go. All right, I'm, we can... I'm trying to think of something that would fit on a Genesis cartridge. And yeah, a sake shot glass would do. Okay, so we got three <laughs> games. We're going to start off talking about Dragon Ball Fusions. Uh, this is a uh, role-playing video game developed by Gun Barian, published by Bandai Namco Entertainment, released on the Nintendo 3DS in North America on November 22nd, 2016. And in other parts of the world, February 17th, 2017, uh, this is a single-player RPG experience. Mr. And that Mink... matters because this is on 3DS, so it is, of course, region-locked. Ah, so what can you tell me about this game, Mr. Miki? Dragon Ball RPG? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, can you even put those two together? Is that a thing? Yes, Phil. Have you forgotten that we've talked about them several times prior? I... Most assur- they most assuredly exist. <laughs> I might have. Or are you just deliberately refusing to remember all those over 9,000 numbers that we've hit? Yeah, right. Okay, Dragon Ball Fusions. It's really a a fan service-y type of story in that you play somebody who's brand new who just winds up in this funky alternate dimension where whole bunches of characters from all over Dragon Ball lore just appear... Hey, there's Piccolo. Hey, there's Gohan. Oh, hey, there's Teenage Gohan. Oh, hey, there's Goten. Hey, there's Goku. There's Super Saiyan Goku. There's Super Saiyan 3 Goku. There's uh, Kid Goku. Yeah, and you can have them in the same party, of course, because um, dimensional flux and all that. Why not? <laughs> and you, the title comes from the fact that, yes, you can have your party members fuse briefly, or not so briefly, and you can create frankly bizarre looking amalgams of things that were probably never meant to go together but when you just have a graphics engine that can put them together regardless let's fuse a namekian with whatever the hell the species of boo is oh oh my that's that's a multicolored mess for the eyes but i've never seen that before and it it is turn-based you're playing in a gigantic circle you smack each other around. If you hit outside the circle, then somebody takes damage and gets dumped back into the circle. So there's no, there's nothing feeling like a ring out, but it can mess with everybody's turns. And then there's the story where your unknown person who has a rival whom you've also never heard of eventually becomes a pal with Frieza and Cell. And at the very end, you have to fight the fusion of Frieza and Cell, Celza. <laughs> Hmm. which wants to get out of this amalgam of dimensions and go wreak havoc because, of course it would. That's that's what those characters do. The story, obviously, is not something I paid much attention to, although the fact that I remember what happened more than two years later is some kind of noteworthy thing. That says something. But I did play it for a good long while because there are a lot of characters, and I actually did try to get pretty much all of them, including some 
that were brand new from what Super was doing at the time. So if this gets a remake or a reissue on whatever the successor to the 3DS ends up being, there will there can be all the new characters from Super. And I can't really say that it was something which blew my mind and made me see the world in a whole new way and completely justified every previous attempt to make Dragon Ball into an RPG, even though it's been done before and not so and not unsuccessfully. But I had fun. I sunk a lot of time into it. I don't know how the hell it would work to somebody who doesn't know Dragon Ball, because I crossed that bridge a long, long time ago, and there's no going back. I am a Dragon Ball person now. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not done with Super yet, but I have actually started to watch it. I'm more than halfway through. Yeah, it. Uh, I had fun with Fusions. I gave it a review on the site of RP Gamer. You can go look at it for whatever my thoughts were over two years ago. Since they were my thoughts then and not my thoughts now, they may in fact have been a little more detailed. And in fact, they probably were because our reviews tend not to get by on a whole lot of vague. And then this happened, and then something else happened, and there was some fighting, and it all ended. That tends not to pass muster for our reviews. But I enjoyed it. There. Hmm. Sounds like they got a couple of different things going on there. So I'm not going to say that it will blow your mind, and I especially don't know how the hell it will fare to people who don't know Dragon Ball, which definitely, you are not a Dragon Ball vet, right, Phil? No, no, never got time for it. Too many things on the backlog. I don't understand, Phil. The original series only had 508 episodes, counting GT, and now that the Super's out, it's another 131. You know, Plus. it's... <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those... I can't tell you how many times I saw, like, uh, something for an anime, or maybe it was a game based on anime, so I started looking into the anime, and the, the amount of, of, like, story in something like Dragon Ball Z, or any number of these things I've looked into, like One Pirate, or whatever the hell it's called, and... Oh one my. Piece. One Piece, yeah, that one. And uh, I'm like, because I was like, oh, it'd be cool just kind of catch up on the animes real quick. And no, nah, there, there's no real quick, there's there's not a quick option, no. It's a lot. Yeah, the, the best I could say for One Piece would probably be to read it rather than watch it. And even then, I have all 89 volumes of One Piece that are in English right now. All 89 of them. And I know it's a few volumes ahead in Japan and it's not ready to end the creator has said that he will think of he knows exactly how it's going to end but that's not happening for a few years yet so we will probably have at least 100 volumes of one piece by the time it is over wow and i know that's not a commitment to make lightly if i hadn't started it years ago i don't know if i would make it now but i did make it start it years ago i am following it now same with dragon ball honestly <laughs> now i never did start watching pokemon so i can't speak to that Mm. You gotta, you gotta pick your, uh, pick your anime. You're right. Yeah, if you try to watch all of the massive, massive series that go on for a decade or more, then you've got to have pretty much no other thing in your life, I guess. Wow, hmm, it's a commitment. But Dragon Ball Fusions is most assuredly one of the better Dragon Ball RPGs that I played, and I played uh, seven, eight of them, something like that. Hmm. And it's a hell of a lot better than Dragon Ball Z Harukanaru Densetsu. Yeah. You remember that one, right, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We talked about it on this very backtrack. Apparently, it didn't lodge itself into your brain. What is the matter here? And remember, that is the localized title, Harukanaru Densetsu. That's a mouthful. 
sure doesn't translate to Mary Skelter any way, shape, or form. It predates Mary Skelter. I'm unmoved to say. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Mary Skelter 2 has not been announced for localization. What a shock. I am so unmoved. Uh, You know, when I first saw the article that I hit you up with on Twitter, I really thought that for a couple minutes that it had said it was getting a localization, which is why I tagged you. And then when I went back and read it, I was like, oh, no. It was just coming to a new console over there or something. The level of hope that you are exhibiting on my behalf for a game that I am extremely unlikely to enjoy much is disturbing. (laughs) Uh, uh, Wait till we get to the uh, final lap. Uh, I'm starting to see your point about Good Idea Factory and uh, compiling heart's worth of lovely games later. Yeah. (laughs) Again, I I can't say Dragon Ball Fusions is the greatest thing in the world, but I can also say that if you're a Dragon Ball fan and you want an RPG where you can just kind of mess around, hey, I want to put Kid Goku together with Android 17, whatever the, Bio Broly I think was in there, um, Janemba, and whatever the Steam Man is from Tournament and Super. Yeah, let's let's just have that team together. Then, yeah, in an RPG setting. You get you get that with this game. Okay. Yeah, I feel that uh I feel you know, I feel that's fair. Uh, there's definitely times where you know, I just like the the lore of something and and I'll play a game, you know, and, and I'll enjoy that game more because of the the you know, the characters and the story that I'm used to. And I'm so I'll be willing to play a more mediocre game because it's in a universe that I like. So, yeah. Uh, that's why I, I mean, one of the reasons I liked uh, Dragon Quest Heroes, it's not the best version of, you know, that fighting formula that I like, but it's really cool because it has all the characters that I like. Anywho, uh, Stardew Valley's next one on our list, uh, developed by Concerned Ape, published by Chucklefish and Concerned Ape. This was released on multiple platforms, but I want to say it came out originally on the PC. Uh, this was released on, oh my gosh, there's a list here. Uh, yeah, Feb- Windows, February 26, 2016. The reason why it's popping up here, I want to say, is... I don't know. I guess if I took the aggregate of all these different release dates across all the different <laughs> platforms, it might come out it to It was eight. definitely released almost two years ago <laughs> on something. Yeah, yeah. But if I take, I think it's the aggregate here. I was trying to find the one thing it was released on. Nintendo Switch was October 5th, 2017, which isn't quite two two years ago. There was Xbox One on December 14, 2016. I don't know. But if you if you just average them all together, it works out. This is a single uh, a single player uh and 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 got some multiplayer functionality simulation rpg farming experience and i have played some but i understand that new guy has played significantly more than me so i'm gonna let him talk about this one yeah i actually uh wrote the review for it um on our site um Which about platform? a month ago i played it on the vita actually i waited and waited because it was said after when they put it on the Switch, what is it, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, um, after the Switch came out, it came out pretty quickly on the Switch. I think it sold a million copies on the Switch, and they're like, don't worry, Vita, we haven't forgot about you, we'll do it. And I was like, okay, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'm not going to play it on PC, I want to lay in bed and play this at night. Great little game to go to bed to, like Harvest Moons and other games of this genre. And I did, it came out on the Switch, I got it day one, um, two and a half months last summer. I think I did somewhere between 70 and 80 hours, got the ending which i mean you can go on forever but at a certain point 
years in the future, you do get visited by the ghosts of grandfather's past and get a um or, or see the credits or whatnot. And I did that, and then I felt compelling to play it after seventy hours. I know there are people that sink hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into it. And uh, as Phil said, it does have multiplayer functionality on pretty much everything, I think, now, except for Vita. Vita was released. I think it got one patch, and it's done. There's a forum somewhere in the world that I get an email from about once a month, people complaining that no other updates came out for Vita. But I got my 75 hours out of it. There was a couple bugs that were fine, but it was good. We covered this uh, more in depth back on RPG Backtrack number 195, Old Wave. So if you're looking for more information, you can either read my review on RP Gamer or Old Wave. But basically, uh, this game was, um, as you said, Concerned Ape. One guy, Eric Barone, after graduating college and not having much else to do, but his uh, little pizza delivery or whatever he was doing job, he's like, yeah, you know, I really should... Maybe I want to get into video game creation. So he sat down and he taught himself all the tools how to do it. And loving Harvest Moon, what he would um, think would be the ultimate Harvest Moon slash Rune Factory slash genre. And he did a darn good job. This thing has sold more than four or five million copies by now. I know it crossed the four million plateau after it came out on the Switch um, total. So, I mean, it's been a year plus on that one, so... You well, never know, that but means it's, it's a horrible disappointment if you're Square Enix, right? Oh, luckily one guy did it. I'm sure he's probably happy crossing the four million plateau. You know, I yeah. don't know if he if he's got investors at this point or not, but this thing's out. And as Phil said, it's out on everything. It's out on um, iOS. It's out on Android just recently in the past couple months or month or whatever. And yeah, it, a lot of the platforms now have multiplayer. You can build a farm with somebody else, or maybe get your characters together and get married on a family on a farm together but it, it really is the best of at least all the harvest moons i've played um i didn't have a lot of complaints about this it had just really good pacing there was always something to do game clocks always running so i always feel a little bit it had um, a little bit of the rune factory feel to it there were a couple different um randomly generated mine shafts to go down in two different locations one went down 100 floors and i did that one it was something you had to do to advance the story at one point, and uh, the other one I never got super far on. It was one of the bugs with the Vita that uh, randomly generate floors. It randomly generated the same floor. So you'd go down like 20 floors in a row, and they'd all be the same. Well, that's which was just a little boring. I mean, it worked out well if you went one day, one of the game days, you walked in, and there was a lot of the resources you wanted on that first floor. It was great because you knew as long as you kept going down, you were going to have a great resource run. But, yeah, if you walked in and it was a kind of boring first floor with not a lot to gather, go around and walk back out. And as far as I know, that never did get fixed on the Vita. That's one of the ones I've seen. But on the other 97 different platforms that it's on, I'm sure that isn't a problem. Or at least I've not heard of it. I think it's so, only 96, uh, unless it's been released on the Atari 2600. You never know. I think Concerned Ape may be uh, hinting at that in the future. It may happen, but I think that would be one massive Atari cartridge. <laughs> I mean, a, to uh, a punnily, I mean, to put it a little bit punnily, he's now farmed this out to other companies um, for different things because I know the iOS was put out by a company in Europe and somewhere else and somewhere else. Um, he's he spent his five or six years on it. He's made a lot of it, but he's also now turned it over to some other publishing companies to get it out in other areas and is apparently working on something else. 
But it, it, if you like Harvest Moon, if you like Rune Factory, which is apparently coming back from the dead later this year on Switch, then if you've liked those, I'm sure you've probably somewhere encountered this game or at least heard of it. Um, it's pretty popular. I, I think from what I was looking up at the time, about this on old wave it might have sold more than a decade's worth of harvest moons has in its first year alone so it, it was something that struck a chord i uh, i know price point it came out it's 15 dollars, no more on any of these platforms and if you were looking at that or the new 49.99 harvest moon or story story of seasons or whatever that series is now going by on whatever platforms it's on Okay, it's Story you know, you of Seasons can't it. if it's the people who were originally making it, and it's Harvest Moon if it's still owned by Natsume, but is made by people who never worked on it before and has apparently suffered quality control issues, right? Uh, yeah, I watched a video just explaining all that to me one time. I, I had to build this. Yeah, I, I do remember that Story of Seasons is, if you it's, liked how it has been going, that's where you should keep going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is basically Harvest. Story of Seasons is Harvest Moon. And Harvest Moon is not Harvest Moon. Correct. So just yeah. keep... And, and if you if you can understand that, you're fine. Just, if you see Harvest Moon, check the date and make sure it wasn't in the past two years. Cause yeah, because it's not really Harvest, Harvest Moon. Moon. And, and you can't help but notice, like, if you look at the screenshots and stuff, you, you, you probably notice a, a, the dip in quality. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It looks like the, the new ones are look like they're, they're like iOS games and not even good ones at that. Just my opinion. They just don't look that good. They don't look... They, they just look corny or... I mean, more corny than, you know, it normal. I mean, these games are supposed to be a little corny, but... Looks unperfect. Not unperf- I mean, I... Lacks quality. Go ahead. Up to the standards of the Harvest Moon name. Yeah, yeah. It's totally not. But the Rune Fact... Uh, the new Rune Fact... Uh, fa- oh my gosh, I love Rune Factory. Rune Factory's awesome. Well, okay. Standards of quality. Does Metal Gear Survive look worse comparatively than Ooh. current Harvest Moon? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you love zombies and anything with zombies in it makes it immediately amazing to you, in which case I think Metal Gear Survive is right up your alley. You're right. Gotta think there might be something else out there. I mean, zombies is a quite the uh, popular no. point. Clearly... Konami had many, many ideas, and it went with zombies because those were the most artistically strong and sound assets <laughs> to use. I don't uh, know I'll how we can possibly how can we possibly besmirch the good name of Konami, a company that has proven how much it cares about its fans in recent years. On <laughs> um, on that note, I will wrap up the uh, Stardew Valley and say, you know what? It in the faux 16-bit quality was a great idea. I mean, it, it, it's one of those games that shows that people, if you make a really quality retro-style-esque game, I really believe the price point is a big deal here. A retro-style game for $15, you're not trying to sell it for $59.99, and, I mean, you're getting 70, 80 hours of content if you go through the main story here. It, it, it was just a good game. It was done well, and I, it holds up a lot better than as we see a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing, games under certain names. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. It is a shame. Occasionally, I hear I hear somebody. You know, I recommend this game all the time, and I'll hear somebody who who who, who will take a look at it and go, "Ah, oh, I, I no, those graphics no can't do it." It's a shame because you're missing probably one of the best farming RPG simulators you know ever made out there. So 
that's your call. Uh, but you know what? If you are into if you are into graphics, I I just might have the solution for you. Uh, perhaps one of the most beautiful games ever made, Horizon Zero Dawn, developed by Guerrilla Games, published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, this was released on the PlayStation Four in North America on February twenty eighth, twenty seventeen, and this is an action RPG single player experience and. Oh my gosh, I, I'm sure there's no one who owns a PS4 who hasn't heard of this game, but if you were living in a hole, uh, oh my gosh, this game is just awesome. And I always relish when I run into a friend and I said, hey, have you played this? And they say no, because then it gives me a chance to tell them why they should go out and play it. Uh, this 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 game is, first of all, absolutely just gorgeous. Just will absolutely take every drop out of the PlayStation 4 and looks just as good as any PC game I've played, if not better. Just uh, the, 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 the environments, the wind blowing through the trees and the leaves as you're out there hunting. I guess I should tell you, again, coming from a rock, I kind of presume people know something about this game. In this game, you are playing uh, Aloy, who is a hunter who lives in a post-apocalyptic land that ha- it is pretty much populated not only with humans, but a whole bunch of nasty robotic uh, creatures that resemble dinosaurs and animals, uh, but are very ferocious and deadly. Well, I guess dinosaurs would be pretty ferocious and deadly, but um, big depending thunder. on the dinosaur, Phil. Yeah, yeah, these uh, these are these are pretty pretty dangerous guys, and they get they're armed with weapons aside from the normal assortment of claws and teeth, uh, rocket oh, launchers, cool. whatever. Yeah, stealth stealth mach- you know mechanics, uh, you know stealth machines. What? Why not? Um, you know, I'm looking. It doesn't appear that our Horizon Zero Dawn review for RP Gamer has been uploaded to the new site yet. <laughs> oh well, that's definitely lost opportunity. Just absolutely. Did I write that? Did I did I did I write a review on that? Did you? I'll look in the archive here. I'll dig through. I, I almost talking. I almost feel like this. Yeah, you know, every once in a while I'll play a game and love it so. No, I think it was Monster uh, Monster Hunter World. But every once in a while I'll play a game and I will love it so much I'll I'll be inspired to write a review on it. But yeah, just absolutely, you know. Freaking, freaking gorgeous. I did so many screenshots while playing this game. It has an ability. You can pause at any time. You can turn the camera around. You can get your perfect screenshot. You can even change the time of day where the sun is or the moon is by changing the time of day to help give you the perfect, you know, shadows and whatever. And what's cool is a lot of the robot monsters, they're, they have running lights at night that are different than the, the lights they'll have on them during the day. And so you'll see those lights, you know, click in. It's kind of like the running lights on an airplane. But I, it's just, just so gorgeous. I, I never had a game that I wanted to take so many screenshots of and save them as wallpapers and blog shots and stuff. It was just, just such a beautiful game. But of course, that doesn't mean anything if it doesn't have, you know, if, if it isn't an awesome RPG. Uh, when it comes to the story, Horizon Zero Dawn tells you about the, you know, so, so you start off in this world that is very, very beautiful, but it's also got remnants of past civilizations all over the place, reminders of the past, whether it's half-rotting buildings or pieces of technology. Uh, your character Aloy very early, early picks up a, a gizmo that she uses that looks a lot like a Bluetooth device on her ear that provides, you know, uh, some information, and it's clearly something almost from Star Trek. But now the- wait, Phil, uh, I think the fact that you are playing a woman in the lead was actually controversial to some. Does that sound at all familiar? Really? Huh. No. I think so, because there are people who the mere presence of a woman in the lead flummoxes them. Ah, 
Wow, I, I, you know, it's almost uh, this would this would act, if if you didn't play this game because that's a female lead, that would be that would be just as bad if if not a lot worse than not playing Stardew Valley just because you don't like pistol graphics. You're missing out on one of the best games in the world and one of the best stories told uh, because you don't like women in lead roles. That would suck. Um, uh, and, and, and for her part, Aloy is an absolutely likable character. She has a wit about her. She doesn't take flack from people, but she does have human vulnerabilities. And I feel like nowadays in some of the stories that are being told, um, we, we, we're getting some characters that are a little bit two dimensional and, and don't have some depth to their character, but you don't have that problem with Aloy. Uh, she's a very, uh, she's a very likable, uh, you know, character who's trying to figure out what happened with her past and how she, you know, what's her place in this world and what's her future. Um, she, I won't give away too many details because you really should just experience the story and it gives you a lot of the exposition in the first couple of hours. I, I will say it can be a little slow, you know, early on. It's kind of taking you through this tutorial while, uh, giving you some of her background and stuff. But if you stick with it, um, it lets you loose on the open world setting, um, after, after a few hours. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the story, uh, the story is something that constantly drove me all the way to the end. I wanted to see what's going to happen. I won't say it's the most mind blowing story, but it is very enjoyable. And as a person who loves Star Trek and science fiction, uh, mixed with my fantasy, I, I, I it, it's, yeah, it, I, it's everything I wish the Star Ocean games was in terms of story sometimes, I swear. Um, uh, but 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 somehow what's even better than the graphics? What's even better than, than the mind blowing graphics and and the story is the gameplay. I absolutely uh, adore the gameplay. So Aloy is uh, uses a bow. Sheds how she mostly fights. Uh, she also has a, a a spear staff you know type of thing as well. But her primary weapon's the bow. She also picks up a couple of other things like uh, a slingshot and and a couple of other deals. And it's just so fluid and fast. The, the the creatures, there's probably about two dozen different monsters you'll fight in the game. But they each one of them acts differently. I think that's one of the most amazing things is they're robots, but they very much have the AI pattern behaviors that you would expect out of their real animal slash dinosaur counterparts. If you are tracking down, like, let's say, whatever, you know, they call the pan... They got different robot names for all of these, but... There, there's a, pan, a robot panther. That thing will actually, as soon as it knows you're close, it will start hunting you. It will go into stealth mode, which makes it very, very difficult to see without the right traps in place. And it will start hunting you down and just come right behind you and rip you a new one if you're unprepared. Um, you know, if you're fighting a, a thunderbird, that thing will hunt you from the sky and just rain down on you from a distance. Um, the little raptor dinosaur things will just try to attack you in packs and then do a quick attack and then back off and then attack you again. Um, it, there's just so many different, different, you know, uh, different monsters that approach you differently that keeps you on your toes and you have a lot of different types of arrows, uh, as well as of course the slingshot, which gives you kind of grenades, uh, and the melee attack's kind of a last resort, or it's good for finishing some things off, but you, it's just so bloody satisfying. On top of that, you got some traps for the tougher fights. You can set up traps ahead of time, or you can try to do them on the fly, uh, but those traps can also give you, if you plan them out pretty well, you really do feel like a hunter, because you, know, you plan those out well, uh, you can really make a battle easier. There's also stealth mechanics involved. I personally am not a huge fan of stealth mechanics, period, or stealth games. So there's one mission in particular 
particular towards the beginning that frustrated me because it, it kind of requires it in an effort to teach you about it. Uh, but as soon as I got past that, I really only used it here or there to get my ass out of a really hot fire. For the most part, I just like to go toe-to-toe with, with whatever I'm fighting. But the monsters here are, the robot monsters, whatever, are pretty vicious. And sometimes discretion is the best part here of, of Valor. And you will have to at least pick and choose your battles and try not to fight everything at once. Uh, because Aloy can get uh, taken down. Yeah, you know, the funny thing was a lot of people were getting into Zelda Breath of the Wild and that's an excellent, excellent game. I don't deny it, but the combat in this game just feels so much smoother to me. And and the way it handles uh, when you run out of arrows. So in Zelda Breath of the Wild, you run out of, you know, your weapons break all the time and you got to quickly change them on the fly or, or, or you got to go into your mini system, which takes you out of the action. I feel like Horizon Zero Dawn does this a lot better because you can use your a radial menu that you pull up by clicking uh, the left doohickey and, and while you're picking or you're making arrows on the fly, the game just slows down. It, so it just make it just keeps you in the in the excitement without taking you out as you're quickly trying to figure out really quick what's the next arrow or the next bomb I need. Let me make that up real quick if I've got the parts. Along those lines, you can gather a lot of material from the monsters and the world around you. It's an open world experience, and there's tons of things to pick up, and then you can use those materials to turn into the arrows and the bombs and everything else that you need. Some of those can get turned in later on for other more important upgrades. Uh, there's tons of side quests. There's tons of, uh, uh, there's like guild quests that will help you give you, give you better armor and weapons if you do what they need you to do. And those were fun to, to do to a point. I'm not a huge fan of open world games. So I did some of those that I felt were going to give me some of the upgrades I needed. And I pretty much ignored a lot of the story based ones that were just going to throw some extra, you know, XP or whatever my way, unless I thought they were just really extra, you know, story. Everything's really well, I mean, going back to the story, but everything's really well voice acted, um, just, you know, good facial animations and all that other jazz. Just, it's it's everything you expect from uh, a PlayStation 4 game. It's just, and then some. It is just so bloody well done. And they, in December, Feb- November, after like 10 months after the game, they did a DLC for an extra continent um, in the Frozen Lands or whatever it was called, and I immediately paid it. I paid full price for this game, and I paid full price for the DLC, and I felt like I got every penny and then some. And I tell you, I don't like to pre-order games. I don't do that anymore. But if there was a Horizon Zero Dawn 2 coming out, I would get on that bandwagon right away. It was just so, just so good. In fact, I liked it so much... I did not get the collector's edition because I did when, it first, when they first announced it. I didn't know how good it was going to be. I, I Guerrilla Games, whatever. I know they made some good games in the past, but it's an RPG, and I'm kind of picky about action RPGs. I'm not the biggest fan of action RPGs. I'd rather play turn-based things. But but this this was just so much fun. When I got my hands on it. I couldn't stop playing it. This instantly became my game of the year for 2017 and i went on to ebay just to find the collector edition statue because the collector edition came with a couple things but the coolest thing was the statue and i forget how much i paid but i went ahead and bought the statue and it was you know on my desk at work for that whole year so it you know every year i have a different statue on my desk representing the best game of the year but that i'm playing but it was just so much fun and i still have the statue today it's just an absolute awesome game and i highly I just can't recommend it enough. If you got PlayStation 4, you need to go out and play this game, Michael Minky. So, there you go. Horizon Zero Dawn. It's waiting for you. I, I gotta say, I've got a little story about this one. This was pretty 
funny. Um, my next door neighbor has a daughter, and she's just about to turn two. And I remember two years ago, right about now, right before she was born, I saw him putting some stuff by the side of the road, and he was moving stuff in or out of his garage or whatever. And I was like, "Hey, you know what, what's going on?" Get the um, baby room and everything set up, and I baby's coming this month, and this and that. And I said something about something he was throwing away, and I'm like, "What, what are you getting rid of that?" And he's like, "Well." to decide you know since the baby's coming now we've only got three bedrooms are we going to give up an video game room or are we going to give up the guest bedroom and he's like we're giving up the guest bedroom he goes i need somewhere to play horizon zero dawn and he was literally getting rid of like an extra dresser that his parents used when they came over and whatever because they were turning the guest room into the baby room so he could still have his video game room and this game was the one that he definitely right at that moment was like, no, I got I got to I got to have my room for that. Yeah, I, I you know what? It was so cool just playing it in my game room with the with the lights turned low, the the surround sound turned on. Uh, it, it has a lot of, of course, great audio as well. I didn't really go into that, but uh, it, it's just super fun game, you know. Uh, I do see that we did have a review on the old website. Uh, Pascal gave it a 5 out of 5. Uh, so if you go into our archive.rpgamer.com, you can look that review up by uh, by Pascal. But um, uh, just an absolutely... If you about our reviews, you know that fives are not granted easily. No, no. And they have to be like doubled and triple checked. And the reviewers gets questioned a lot to make sure that that... It's, you know, that it's done for the right reasons um, and it's got the proper backup. But yeah, just just absolutely a fabulous game. And, and again, I mean, if you guys know me, it, I, I, it is really tough for me to stick with a game to the end. And this one was, a note that yeah, 35 hours, I think I spent, maybe 40, and then another 12 or so with the DLC. Yeah, totally awesome. And I would do it and get a heartbeat. This is, this is one of the few games I might want to play again just to play it on the harder difficulty just for kicks and giggles such a beautiful world be super fun to revisit especially you know at my age you forget the story of these things really quickly so (laughs) it'll be like playing it again for the first time (laughs) just think that's that's one of the great things about getting alzheimer's you can play things again for the first time yeah (laughs) that's it is is until you until you forget how to play them completely and just wander off into another room and forget what you were doing but uh Yeah, no, it's great. I was watching There's some that. old Star Trek episodes, and I'm like, I've watched Star Trek three times. I, I can't remember any of these. Nope. So it's great. All right, well, uh, we're going to take another break, and we'll come back to wrap this up with the final lap.
this is the final lap. We're comments. Tell you what we're playing. It's just general kitchen sink stuff. Our last episode, RBG Backtrack, episode number 202. I'm going to Rick. It had a couple of comments. But I said, I was helping someone with Final Fantasy X, and then something stupid came over me. And I decided I was going to 100% the remastered version. These last two podcasts are what is getting me through the monster capturing and grinding. I don't think they'll be long enough, but... Hopefully it was useful, good sir. <laughs> Maybe going for the entire the monster before. gallery of ten, then it's going to be a while. Now, if he was listening to episode two hundred and two hundred one, that's a good five hours of content each. Yeah, and not I don't so much the Kingdom Hearts. Still not enough for <laughs> dealing with the monster arena of ten. That's not. That's a time sink. The monster arena of Final Fantasy ten. Hmm. Uh, let's see here, and, uh, Sucker Angel says, Chain of Memories was not only my first Game, B- game Boy Advance game to own, but also the first game to play from Kingdom Hearts, and is bad. But it was a <laughs> special place in my heart. But don't, aww. Aww. but don't help the fact to be slow, suffer from the card system that can be limited in places, and even felt, uh, or even left you with one or two cards against a final boss. Kingdom Hearts 2, like everyone said, has the six first slow and horrible hours ever. I agree with the Lion King world to be one of the best in the game, but here in Chain of Memories is where you can see the horrible story structure with no sense, and that goes nowhere with so many facts and recons. And that thing about everything has a heart. Yeah, whatever. Now about Compile, and speaking of hearts, now about Compile, and after reading Mike's review... Oh, wow, I can feel like dying inside. Once again, where can I deposit my dineros to pay for the medicine or alcohol you guys need to get through this painful path? Great episode, guys. (laughs) Matt, I understand you also have some thoughts on Compile Heart after our last Mm -hmm. episode. Yes, I'm... I'm not exactly eating my words because I haven't played Mary Skelter, so I don't know exactly what you found horrible. Well, I've read your review. I know exactly what you found horrible. I don't know firsthand what you found horrible with the game, but I have uh, dipped a little bit more into the hyperdimension Neptunia games than I thought I was going to. Um, For those of you regular listeners, you know that we're all out there trying to do a compile heart. We will have an episode coming up sometime in the future where uh, all of us have happily put in our hours for one of our listening fans and tried out some compile heart idea factory combinations. I was doing hyperdimension Neptunia request three um, and said two was pretty good. And I think we had a review for number one on the site. So I was like, Oh, I'll do something that I could then go back and do a review of and that hasn't been talked about. So I put in number three and you know, it, it took about five hours to get my first bath scene, and I was a little disappointed it took that long. But after after that, you know, things picked up, and I was liking the combat. And then it just running into areas where I didn't know what to do. No little new above sites. I would run, go around, go in all these little dungeons that were so short, and I just didn't know where to go. So after about ten hours, I was like, okay, the battle system's not too bad, but I'm done. I, I don't want to look at an FAQ for freaking Hyperdimension Neptunia. I, I will look up I will look up an FAQ to find lots of little items in my Trails of Cold Steel, but not for some nep nep. So I have switched <laughs> What? 
Are you trying to say that you found a Nihon Falcom release to be more engaging than something from Compile Heart? Sir! How dare you? This is slander. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I have found a new game that I do enjoy. Wheels will completely disagree with me here, but I have picked up Hyper Dimension Neptunia, because, I mean, we got to have something in here. Action Unleashed. And... <laughs> <laughs> put it back this... on the leash put it back on the leash found this is great because after I did the very first mission and realized there's no point to any of the dialogue I can just hit that little square button ignore all dialogue and just do missions and there's a lovely little counter at the bottom that tells me where I am in the game after the first mission I was 3.7% of the way through and now I, I actually don't know how many hours I've spent on it because I don't know why this game, among all the different games, doesn't have an in-game timer. But I, I'd say I'm about five or six hours into it, and I'm about 53.2% done. How and many characters have lost most of their clothes during the course of this? Right there? Of course. Now, there's only eight. Uh, uh, there's only eight. Wait, ten? Eight, ten. There's ten of them. And I think one of the hilarious little conversations that I actually went back and read, because I'm fast-forwarding through all the text, because I don't care, and... That's my appropriate reaction. Uh, so, so I'm feeling you there, Mike. So I was fast-forwarding, but something caught my eye about... Uh, I think there was a not-safe-for-work little funny comment somewhere, and I'm like, wait a minute, what were they talking about? Because honestly, half this game is not safe for work. Um, but there are two <laughs> very young characters here, you know. Ex- and I mean, younger than most look in this game. And well, other than comments about being flat-chested... All of the potential players out there who just really, really want to... St- Think about five-year-olds, I guess. That's that's a very wholesome demographic. Uh, I'll go so far as to say these two ca- twins might be about eight. And they were talking about fighting and their clothes being ripped in the game. And there was some comment about some mode. And they're like, oh my gosh, could you imagine? We couldn't do that. We, this would this whole series would be shut down. Or so I, th- I think I screenshotted that. So when we have this episode, I'll try to refer to that dialogue. It was okay. mildly what, what humorous. Was- what was it we had recently? Uh, Operation Jailbait, something like that. Oh, I have not. No, that sounds it, like you're you're an unseen or barely a, just a cipher guy in a prison with a whole bunch of ladies who are wearing, of course, prison uniforms. Does this sound like something anybody's Criminal heard girls. of? Criminal girls. Criminal girls. Thank Criminal you. Girls. I think uh, yeah, I that's think right around. These might be catering to the same demographic. I'm sure they are. A demographic that was underserved in North America until recent years. I'll tell you what. I am going to unleash all the action in this game. I I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have found... I mean, this, is what, this is a game where you're basically throwing out crazy damage and you're fighting, you know, 600 monsters to just beat a stage. And I don't know if it's because I bought a full set for, you know, all of like $5 for my Vita... I don't know if it's an item that came with that or I encountered somewhere along the way, because honestly, I'm not paying attention to that at all. Um, have you, have you but there's played, an item that, like... you played Musou games? Oh, yeah, I played the... I, I think I played one other one, but I, I, the Dragon Quest Heroes... So you're saying this one's just so much Good. better because the girls' clothes get knocked off? Is that the catch? I mean, what is it? it it's a Musou game with almost no thought put into the in at least muso games i mean like dragon quest heroes you're walking around the environment and beating people up and there's a tree there no half the boards in 
hyper you on action release are you're on a big purple circle. That's well, it. Listen, if if the environment looked nice, it would distract from all the clothes destruction. Right. So that's, right. That's, that's that is important. the problem. That is the problem. But no, I found this one item that I can equip that like eight times my attack power, but it drops my defense to one. But this game is so ridiculously easy. I can do entire boards without getting hit. There may be 80 enemies on the screen, but I don't get hit. So I'm forwarding through this game just to see where it goes. I'll probably turn the dialogue on just for the last hour to see if any part of this takes off. Because, you know, I do want to... Well, if you're going to review it, you have have to be able to tell people what the hell is happening. At least What's happening is there are two reporters in this game. One is called Famitsu. And I think even under her description is, hey, we're not even trying here, um, with her name. And they're trying to report on you fighting battles. The end. That's the story. Battles, and people need to report on you fighting battles, so you need to fight more battles. This the end. Very, this sounds very complicated and intelligent. It very much tells you at the beginning of the game that this game is also non-canon. So if you're worrying about the timeline and the characters meeting in here, this is a side entry, not to be confused with the amazing world building that has gone on in all Hyperdimension Neptunia games before it. Throwing that out there. All of them. I mean, when it uses non-canon in one of the very first dialogue boxes, you know. You know you're in for a wild and crazy clothes flying off time. So, uh, other than these two lovely gems, I, uh, I played a game on my 3DS a few days ago, um, beat it in, like, two days, because I was on a, I'm a teacher, I was on a field trip, and we were driving, like, three hours each direction, and I'm like, I need something to do on this bus, and Hyperdimension Neptunia games probably aren't the best things to bring with a bunch of, uh, you know, preteens on a bus, so... I downloaded a little game called Kingdom's Item Shop from the 3DS. I think I paid 2 or $3 for it. And uh, it, it is an Atelier game that was made probably in a weekend and <laughs> deserved to be beaten a weekend. And it was a fun little thing just to play. I think if I wrote a review of it, it might be like 200 words. There was that much to it. But I enjoyed it and actually read the dialogue and paid attention a little bit more than Hyper mentioned Neptunia's. My biggest fun news here recently was, thir- was it Wednesday or Thursday? We-, we got news this week that, unfortunately, the Alliance of American Football shut down. Oh. You know, because everybody knows football is big and people want to watch it in the spring. And many leagues succeed where the NFL is failing. So, so what you're saying they decided is to- XFL 2.0 is your last hope. Really? Now, I live in Harlem. <laughs> It's going to have to be. It's going to have to be. Now, I live in Orlando, and we had a team here that was rocking the league. They were 8-1, and 7-1. and one. My wife and I were going to buy tickets to the game Saturday night, and then all of a sudden, Tuesday, they're like, nope, that's it. It's only two games. There's two games left in the league, but we can't even make it till that. Two months, we're out. Actually sitting around, like, Wednesday night, we're like, we got nothing to do this weekend. That stinks. That was going to be something we'd drive across town and go to a football game for all of like $20 total. So we came up with the crazy idea that why don't we buy a Nintendo Switch? Because we've put that off long enough. And <laughs> <laughs> um, We had tried to, to hold off for a while on that. I bought a Raspberry Pi a couple months ago, and we tried to get the kids to play a lot of retro games. And I know we talked about this um, in our blast from the recent, recent past about how people got turned off buy the graphics of Stardew Valley and maybe wouldn't play that instead because of that. I love Stardew Valley. 
I was really having a hard time going back to playing Nintendo and Super Nintendo games at Nintendo and Super Nintendo graphics and Nintendo and Super Nintendo speeds. Two months we gave it. The entire family didn't get into it. I've got a kid who's almost six in kindergarten. The three-year-old wasn't even really wanting to watch it. He was like, meh, whatever. Can we just put on another episode of... So that that's going to go up on eBay. And we bought ourselves a Switch. I drove around Saturday, the entire county. Made a 90-mile trip all around the county. On Friday, I was messaging people through the F- Facebook Marketplace and got great deals on everything. I met some lady who, she had like a whole 500, she gave me the receipt from Best Buy. Seven months ago, she dropped like $540 on all the accessories and let's go Pikachu and Splatoon 2 and extra controller and all this stuff. And she's even told me, hey, I'll drive to Best Buy and meet you if any time in the next 18 months you need me to, and with your broken switch. And wow, because she bought the plan for that. I was like, wow. And I got it. I met her in immaculate condition. I mine won't be that nice in eight months. <laughs> but picked that up, drove around, got um, Super Smash Brothers from somebody else, sealed in the box for like thirty dollars. So had a nice little trip around the county. And my kids and I, we we've played that a lot. And the first thing I downloaded is the demo, and I I, I need to get that 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 really. I I know a lot of people had problems with Bravely Default and Bravely Second, but I would say those are probably two of my top five games ever. Loved them and Octopath. Default is that what you mean? I've never heard of this Bravely Default. <laughs> it's so, a financial uh... term. That's probably why you've never heard of it. It's only in use with NYSE workers. And so... you'll probably be hearing a lot about it in the very near future, whenever the next recession comes along. <laughs> so I, I, I do want to get an Octopath Traveler. That's good and. Wheels, I will piggyback on you when you talk about it, but I have finished my time with Yokai Watch 3. I think I put in 60, you know, easily in the 70s, 70 hours. I did almost every side quest I could find easily. I didn't go out of my way to find a lot more, and I'm sure there are a lot more because Yokai Watch 3 more than doubles the areas that are even in Yokai Watch 2. Main towns, there's a little western city, there's Lots of areas. There's areas from the first two games that you could go to that I didn't even go to. And I'm sure if I went there, there would be side quests. And I can't tell you how many side quests I did that would open other gameplay elements. And I'm like, how is this a side quest? I I would have never had this. I would have never had the ability to do that. I would never have a helicopter that would take me to fly and be on all the different roofs that I've seen things on that I didn't know I could go to. It it had a good story. It meandered its way there but there was an actual story with lots of great stuff um in it they brought out the x files pun we had the y files with blunder and what was her name folly said a molder it was blunder and folly uh, they followed through to the end with you the are alien angle of, uh, well, mad magazine of course when it did though they were mold moldy and skulky <laughs> But, might have been the same uh, episode it, with It's Depends Day instead of Independence Day. Oh, theatric action going on there? Mm, no more than usual. <laughs> but yeah, Yokai Watch 3, if you've missed one, if you've missed two, and $20 doesn't seem like enough to suit you, Yokai Watch 3, it, it really is. Uh, it's a, and Wheels, you've said it a bunch of times, it's a miracle we got it. Yeah, it is. It's one of the last four or five games ever on the 3DS. Um, Isn't the Mary series and... not doing 
as well as before in Japan now? It's fell off a cliff. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my favorite things, and we mentioned this before, there was a game about a year ago that came out, Yokai Blasters. And to me, it seems like the action version of a dungeon kind of game, a roguelike. Go through the Blasters game seems very much like that. But there's got to be 40 hours plus of Blasters content. Little side, if you want to. Three. So, game, side, side quest, and I don't even know what it does. I, I leveled up my yokai a lot with it. I got a lot of good items, but you could have done one mission as part of the story and been done. There's that with the main game. It, it, it's really fun. I will uh, stop monopolizing the entire kitchen sink section here, the final lap. Mr. Apps. Uh, so I went to PAX East uh, just last week. Uh, got up two quick articles about it. Uh, one, uh, I got to briefly play Baldur's Gate on the Switch. And uh, took a little getting used to, but actually controlled quite well. And then I got to talk to the CEO of Beamdog, uh, which is very interesting because obviously he's some I were in the old days and so I mean really I didn't really have to ask much you know he kind of just talked a lot about the industry working on the Infinity Engine games and whatnot so I uh, highly recommend people check out that interview it's pretty short like, like 22 minutes or so uh, and definitely worth a listen um, and like I said it's not very much of me it's mostly him talking so uh, and he also got to check out uh, a little bit of Dragon Quest Builders 2, which is Ooh, fun. how's that? It's good. It's not that much different from the original, but uh, more more of the same with some slight improvements. Looks good. Um, and I got to try out Final Fantasy 12 and Final Fantasy 10 on the Switch, which I really had nothing to say because uh, they were playing in docked mode and everything looked good there. Uh, so I'm sure most people are interested in how does this play on... You know, in portable mode, and I don't really have an answer. I wouldn't be worried about the Final Fantasy X because that ran fine on the second Vita, so I'm not worried <laughs> about that. Um, but Final Fantasy XII, at least in dock mode, looks great, so I'm not too worried about it. I also got to try out uh, Bloodstained and name of the other game. Uh, uh, the other ki- Kickstarter one that's coming out? Uh... Indivisible. That's Indivisible. I'm, um, I'm interested in Bloodstained. Yes, so uh, probably by the time this will up, is up, I will, or sometime shortly after that, I will have my impressions from the demo. I got to play Bloodstained. It's a new area in the game. Uh, something interesting to note is uh, the new area also had some new music, uh, I guess, by the original composer who worked on Symphony of the Night. A very cool track, for some reason, reminded me a lot of East. I can't really put my finger on it. Is it uh, Michiro Yamane? I believe so. Whoever worked on Symphony of the Night. I, yeah, I've just, I just see the Symphony of the Night score credited as Konami OST department, which doesn't help much. <laughs> I know Michiro Yamane worked on a lot of later Castlevanias, so might be her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but needless to say, the demo was great. I actually spend a lot of it just like because they give you like an in, uh, an inventory of different weapons and stuff. I kind of spent a lot of time just messing around with that to the point where I failed to beat the boss demo. Uh, 
because I kind of wasted too much time messing around with stuff. But it was fine. It, it game looks great. <laughs> it, it really looks. Well, you, you weren't trying to prove anything, right? No, no, not really. The game looks ready for prime time, so I highly doubt there's going to be any more delays. This is great. Can't wait. Uh, Indivisible. Um, it needs. Uh, well, I played a demo that had a lot of bugs and placeholder voice acting. Um, but it's very pretty and plays a lot like Valkyrie Profile. Uh, this is a this is an RPG from the developers of the Skullgirls fighting games. Um, so anyone familiar with those, uh, will, uh, you're kind of going to get the same sort of like very pretty 2D animation. Um, so yeah, it looks looks good. I don't really want to place any sort of judgment on it because it definitely felt like this has got a ways to go. But as far as what I cope is a relatively early demo. It looks very promising. Uh, and aside from that, I've been playing a lot of Yokai Watch 3. Um, it's a blast. And uh, some fun things to note about what they had to do for the localization for this is, as we discussed previously, they like to pretend this series takes place in the U.S. <laughs> which, when they get to the Yokai Watch game that takes place in the U.S., is it easier? Complicated. No, because very clearly at the beginning of the game, the main character, Nate, moves to the U.S. <laughs> so I... when the character is already supposed to be living in the U.S., they kind of just, they say, oh, we're moving to BBQ, which is, as uh, I think Whisper put it, is so far away. It's like they're going to a different continent. A nice little, little graphic when you switch between towns that clearly looks like a world spinning yep. completely around. Like, Hey, let's go from one town on one side of the world, one town on the other. But uh, it's still I, the yeah. USA. I, mean, I, I admire them just sticking to their guns, I guess. Uh, but it just makes it kind of silly. But I mean, it, it does also lead to lots of puns because the U S is now BBQ, which is just ridiculous. You live what in BBQ. The, what is the capital of BBQ? I don't know. I don't. Know. Is it some kind of sauce? Sure. You eat BBQ. One of the mini games yeah. is eating some BBQ. It's true. <laughs> uh, it, but, it says BBQ is BBQ. But yeah, the, the game is. It, it's like ridiculous. Talks with the southern accent, which is why you need a linguist. Yes, a linguist. We mentioned earlier. You need it's, it to understand because these people are talking weird. Yeah, so it's it's funny. I, I originally played this game in Japanese, just kind of to mess around with. And when mm -hmm. you get to that that point, someone just starts speaking English to you, which I was not really expecting <laughs> to see random English t text in in all Japanese games. Uh, but yeah, in this case, everyone speaks with the southern dialect, which kind of fades away somewhat as you kind of just get into the main part of the game. I but felt they completely dropped that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just like, okay, yeah. we we got past that nonsense. <laughs> now everyone can just talk normal. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I want to say later in the game at one point, they mentioned something about the lion guest or whatever. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was actually a thing. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it, honestly, it probably worked out better that they had to do that, go to all the lengths to pretend that this is all always in the U.S. It, it, it makes it a little funnier. But the, the game is just ridiculous. The, the, the X-Files nonsense. Uh, you play another character. You switch between two characters. One who is uh, still in Japan. Uh, who has her own uh, companion yokai. Instead of like Whisper and Jibanyan. Who is hilarious. It's like a space bunny. 
and it's just so much fun. I can't emphasize enough how great this game is. And uh, obviously, I just just for the first time dipped into Blasters, which is basically yeah, it's basically a somewhat roguelike action RPG in the middle of your monster catching RPG. And there's the Terror Time we talked about before. And oh, what the heck was the other one? There's a zombie time now. The zombie time, yes. And Which is always fun when I, I, I'm in the middle of something. I'm like, I need to go to bed so I can wake up at night and do this thing because some things only happen at night. And yeah. I have to go play zombie time. And, <laughs> and if I make it or not, I wake up in bed and then I'm like, oh my gosh, now i got to sleep again to yeah. advance the clock again. And like as an antithesis to your that terrible, terrible... Um, hyper dimension game you're playing you don't want to skip any dialogue in this game because oh not at all it's so funny and just goofy and uh, i i am not busting through this game as fast as you are i think i'm just around 10 hours in mostly playing on lunch breaks but it, it it's 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 an absolute blast and i i've said enough and i'm gonna keep saying it if you have a 3ds and this is the sort of game you may enjoy please go out there and buy it because it's gonna go up in price uh, although i guess you can just get get it digital for the normal party time but it, this game deserves to be played and it, it's just sad that this came out like at the end of the 3ds lifespan and the only people are who are gonna play it are probably people like me and man that's about it so yeah had this come out a couple it. years ago they could have probably done a good push and yeah I, sale and than it's gonna get now i i really wish that this that they had just skipped psychic specters and made an effort to get this out like a year earlier but you know it's you know, who now. knows who knows what goes on behind the scenes in terms of the series because i'm sure uh i'm sure it's probably got to somewhat to do with like the schedule of the anime so you know who knows you know but even uh, still coming out in the united states yes Did we get more than a season or two we got three seasons, and the third season started well before this game came out, but it did come over here, although they switched, I guess, studios or something, so it has none of the original voice actors, <laughs> and it's just now, why would you? Why would you want that? Consistency is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is the original voice actors are actually in this game, so... If you like the anime and were annoyed by that, it's not that they did not change the voice actors in this game, although there is not really all that much talking anyway. So, but yeah, you're okay. Watch three. Absolute good time. Um, so the other thing I got to see at PAX East that I almost forgot about was the, the messy introduction of Borderlands three, <laughs> which looks like good fun. So. Uh, I'm gonna be uh, yes, playing a lot of Borderlands. Over Something the next that I have awaited for a while, but hmm, it seems that it will be. It is already somewhat controversial in its choice of release platform. Uh oh, because it's on the Epic Game Store. Yes, exclusively oh, for six God. months. Apparently, people are review bombing older Borderlands games on Steam because they hate this so much. Because why the hell not? <laughs> Can I let, let me get on my soapbox here for a minute? People, <laughs> listeners, friends, these are free, downloadable game launchers. It's not that difficult to have more than one. Get over it. <laughs> okay, you are clearly overestimating the difficulty of abandoning the Steam infrastructure oh, for something that looks 
the same Every- infrastructure that people complain about half of the time. Ah! But it's so convenient, and you don't have to think so much because Steam's algorithms will keep coming up. Oh, you like this? This looks like something you've played in the past. Maybe you should get this. Oh, look, here's this forum. Look at all these wonderful comments on the game that you will find on this forum. Most of them will not relate in the slightest, but you can look at them. Most of you people complaining have probably already downloaded the Epic Launcher to play Fortnite. I haven't, but I don't play Fortnite. A lot of people do, so... I've heard that. It's just... What about what? Metro 2033? I can I can deal with a lot of people complaining about things. Something I hope so, can, this is the internet. Having to download something for free? I, it, I'm sorry. I don't care. But if it's you backed want, by it, Tencent! We're having Chinese insidious presence in our online catalog! Yeah, they're all over the place. Get over it. <laughs> but it's just... It's not that hard. If you want the game, just download the thing and you can play it. It's fine. Really not that difficult. Well, not to mention, they're uh, epic. I, I can't remember if I mentioned it on this podcast or just in passing to people on Discord, but they've been giving out free games like every yeah. couple of weeks, You you know, just to try to get you, just for those few people maybe who don't have laundry yet. They gave yeah. out Axiom Verge for free, which is uh, a really awesome game to have for free. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Subnautica, which is, if you're in survival games, it's a really good one. It's pretty well made. Hello? You came back. My computer froze up for like a hot minute there, but uh, the last thing I was saying was that they could also get Subnautica, because that's a pretty good game. That was was available for a while. So, yeah. I like a lot of cool stuff on the Epic Doohickey. And... and more of the story is Borderlands 3 looks awesome. Right. Crowd, um, crowd went nuts for the trailer. Even I though it, it initially played at like uh, 20 frames per second or so. <laughs> I will eventually play it. I know that. I yeah. may just wait because every Borderlands game comes with tons of DLC. And that's the yep. way I've played them in the past. So I may... Maybe. It doesn't come uh, out until September. That means we have plenty of time to think about it. I may have pre-ordered the really expensive collector's edition. So I will not be waiting. Then <laughs> I would. I recommend not waiting if you have already sunk money into it. That That's a very poor thing to do, to just leave it sitting on the table. I agree. I, ha- I haven't done that for a really expensive game, but I have purchased some games for some reason and then not played them for a while. Like poor... Well, did you buy... Fallout 76, perchance? <laughs> no. Uh, I, I saw the writing on the wall with that one. Did you? No. Oh, yeah. Did yes. you know that apparently Bethesda is now allowing you to buy 100% or even more weapon repairs instantly? Oh, boy. Well, that sounds like a hot diggity way to earn some money with your game. And you, and you thought Anthem was bad. Uh, Actually, if Anthem doesn't do that well, then it may mean a EA will kill Bioware. Well, it sold four million copies, so I think it's yeah, fun. only four million copies. Remember, this is the uh, what, what was it? The Medal of Honor? It was Call of Duty. It, one of those damn things that just a couple months ago sold seven point something million copies and was still a disappointment. I, I don't think this had anywhere near the budget that though. You'd think. 
reading. There's a whole expose out there on its development if anyone's interested in it. All right, Mike. The only thing I have to bring up here now is electronic arts. What does electronic arts do when people don't meet expectations, however ludicrous those expectations are? I, I would hope at some point they'll say, hey, 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 friendly neighborhood devs, you don't have to use Frostbite anymore because it sucks. Make something good. Um, to which I would say, does that sound like electronic arts? No, it doesn't. Um, but okay. to be to be honest, it doesn't sound like Bioware is in much of a good state at the moment, anyway. So, yeah. um, I honest, I really hope they don't shut them down. But something's got to change there because um, it's not it's not just EA and it's not just the Frostbite engine. That studio has some problems, and it it sucks. It it really really sucks because especially I think a lot of a lot of us RP gamer have you know really loved so many of their games like even from just a few years ago to see him kind of stumble this much it's it's sad it's really sad and um i really hope that uh they can get back on their feet uh kind of fix fix their issues and you know hopefully in in good time we'll have a nice uh dragon age or something else i would hope the but, problem is yeah. that Electronic Arts is not yeah. known for giving it things it has bought time to work out. No, it, EA sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, oh my goodness, Anthem sold only 4 million copies when it was probably expected in EA, according to some ludicrous memo that nobody ever bothered to investigate. This will probably sell 6 million. <laughs> well, and not to mention they were probably not only looking for 6 or 8 million copies sold, but a lot more in microtransactions and stuff after yes. the fact, which is probably not going to happen because there's not, you know, a really good in-game or hell, even a variety of guns to... Uh, but hey. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to take a while to figure out the final story on that one because, I mean... Uh, both Destinies at this point had really rocky launches and both recovered quite nicely. So it, it, for a game like that, and, and actually another example would be um, Rainbow Six Siege, which um, it, for a multiplayer-only game launched at a full $60 and had a lot of trouble and actually doing extremely well at this point. So, you know, these sort of games-as-a-service games, and recover and you know what we haven't done a backtrack on time. and it's about time mass effect andromeda uh, do we have to <laughs> it's been two years we gave one to all the other mass effect games well, well, are you saying of... andromeda is not worthy of it no but speaking of games <laughs> as a service when's the backtrack for destiny one keep poking me we'll see what happens which may just be me rambling for like three hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it yeah. Did we have a review for Andromeda? <laughs> we probably did. <laughs> probably. Okay. Well, what about you, Mr. Mankey? You know, before I talk about much else, look at that image and tell me if it looks just as freaking weird to you as it does to me. I saw this for the first time today, and this woman's art just struck me the wrong way. Look at her. This looks like the 90s. Is this from the 90s? I believe it is, but... Even in the 90s, most women's legs did not look like that, I think. Yeah, no. Those are some weird calves with abs. 
Who is the artist on this cover? I think y'all need to re- keep in mind, though, she's probably a mutant, so that's why she's going to look a little different. You shouldn't make fun of her. That's just how she was born, okay? You Are just we need actually to meant to be her. looking at the legs or the top part? <laughs> I'm mostly looking at the legs. The I, Knees don't do that, in my experience. <laughs> well, maybe uh, Marvel was just hard up for cover artists or something, because, I mean, in general, this cover kind of is terrible. <laughs> Wow, really I'm having a hard time reading it. <laughs> Anyone curious, this is X-Force issue 71. And yeah, I ended up looking at a whole bunch of comics, most from the 90s today, and I will be looking at a whole bunch more in the near future. Boxes and boxes of comics that have been in storage and I get to flip through them. Okay. Um, while I did play some of Wargroove recently, I enjoyed it. Wargroove is very much medieval set advanced war. I I could use a whole lot more words to describe it. It's pretty fun. If you like Advanced Wars, you'll probably enjoy it. But I have yet to finish it and give us our site a review of it, because for some freaking reason, I have become addicted to Exist Archive. I don't quite know how that happened. And especially Exist Archive on Vita, because it has a couple of technical issues. It has only crashed thrice for me, but that was still crashing Deep into a dungeon, a dungeon where you cannot save, and that means that I lost oh, probably an hour or so of progress each time. That's not good. And then there's the weird glitch. I apparently have to upload my own pictures of this because it's so freaking bizarre. Your characters will suddenly vanish from the screen, except for their eyeballs and their weapons. Their eyeballs will be floating in the air, and their weapons will just be held invisibly, and... That will just stay until you shut the game down and bring it back with a restart. I've never seen Triace do that before. Maybe it's a Chunsoft thing. Is that better still, or is it worse than Mary Skelter? Given or is it a coin that, flip here? Given that there are actually some interesting concepts here, they aren't executed very well, but the fact that it feels a little bit like Valkyrie Profile in style i'm giving it slightly more slack even if it's got a whole bunch of mind-boggling decisions that just annoy me you get you you can't buy much of anything you have to get it dropped from encounters and yeah enemies tend to drop a whole lot but that still leaves you dependent on whatever they drop and if they if they don't feel like dropping much then you're kind of screwed it's weird and the dungeons, I love that I had to make, the game was actually upfront about this. This is a very important decision. You might want to save right now. So I saved. I made the very important decision. And now in chapter 11, I finally have a dungeon that looks different. Every dungeon before this was either a cave, a nondescript forest, or a bunch of islands floating in the air with grass. <laughs> now I'm suddenly in something that looks kind of like an abandoned Greek Greek temple. There were no settings that looked like uh, sentient life forms had been in them before this. I don't know what took so long. Also, it, a plot has finally come together when the structure of this game is so baffling. You, you go on missions over and over. Some of those missions you get little tidbits of story. Others, you just have a fight at the end. You hear blah, 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 and you just get to go back into another mission. 
it's I have a lot of problems with it, but something is keeping me going, and I'm going to finish it and give us a review on the Vita, because Adrian Daynauden reviewed it on PS4, and a lot of what he had to say does not match my own experience, and he had none of the issues that I'm having on Vita, which deserve to get cataloged, and I'm apparently going to have to upload my own pictures, because I can't find any pictures documenting this issue of the eyeballs, but people talk about it on GameFAQs, so I know I'm not the only one. It's just okay. they're on game facts, so they can't be bothered to actually provide any further evidence, apparently. And then the I suppose I should share this too, just because the characters have really distinct but also not terribly appealing uh costumes. Let me let me know what you think there. Well, it's interesting. What is going on with clothes? Uh I would dress like the guy in the middle. I would like to have some neon lights on my sports coat. You don't want to dress like the guy who's got a hoodie with ears and... Why why is one leg partially blue? (laughs) The shadows? I shadow. Oh, okay. Nah, I'm not the the hoodie with the ears and the cat wand type of person. Because that is definitely a cat wand. Yes, it is. And when he shows up, the first thing he starts talking about is, oh, man, did I wind up in some kind of game? Oh, but I'm the, I'm the cool guy. I have to be the hero. I don't want to be in this kind of cruddy game. He's an otaku. You get it? Because <laughs> every one of these characters has a very Japanese name. Ren Ogami. Michihiro. What is it? Koharu. Whatever. They, I can't even remember their surnames. I have to look at them. They're too long. For me, all of the character outfits seem to come from some strange collision of late 60s, early 70s fashion ideas that haven't been used since for good reason. Anyway, I will definitely have things to say about Exist Archive when I'm done with it and have a review of the site, but that is not yet. It's good to know. That's a game that I've seen on discount plenty of times on the Vita, and I've asked a couple times in my uh, turn-based Facebook facebook group about it and no one's ever said yeah grab it no one's ever said it was horrible it's just kind of one of those there well i'll definitely have a lot of things to say but i (laughs) my overall stance is not going to veer too hard one way or another so unfortunately i don't think i can help you there so it's uh another eh, whatever Eh, maybe once you get into it like I do, like I have, then you'll still find plenty to say about it. You'll just not come up with some strong stance one way or another about whether it's awesome or awful. Fair enough. Uh, yesterday, I had an amazing theater-going experience. I went to see Pet Cemetery, which, and of course, as you would for a, a Stephen King movie, and everyone knows, everyone has seen the original Pet Cemetery, I think, by now, right? You know what's more or less going on there. So I of try course not you to remember it. Of course you would bring your toddler to this, right? Oh yes, always. No, there was a toddler right up in about the second row, constantly getting up and trying to play around in the aisle and getting grabbed by whatever adults there were. A couple times, what I presume was mom took him out, brought the kid back. Nope, still crawled up and got around. You know, that's a very toddler-appropriate movie, I have to say. Assuming the toddler understood a thing that was happening, which I doubt. 
don't know why people bring kids to theaters, especially when it's not kid-appropriate film. Just don't understand it, Mike. I, I don't. I don't either. I brought my own kids to kids-appropriate movies. I don't want to be there with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Even we, if it's a kid's movie, I don't want to take that. You don't want to take kids to Pet Cemetery? Why not? It's perfect for children. I don't want to I'll take myself you what. to Pet Cemetery. <laughs> trailer for that popped up the other day. I don't know what we were watching, and the trailer popped up. And my son was like, oh my gosh, what is that? That is really <laughs> creepy. <laughs> the house... In the corner of his eye and was a little freaked out by it. Well... You know, it's a classy movie that has the death of a pet, then the death of a child, and then the zombified child coming back to kill. That's what happens. That's, that's classy. <laughs> uh, oh, and John Lithgow does not do the hard main accent like Fred Gwynn did in the original. So you don't get to hear him say, sometimes that is better. <laughs> he, he just says it more standard. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Mm-mm. Oh, no, I haven't seen Shazam yet. What's the matter with me? Especially after I flocked to Aquaman. Yep, yep, we better go see Shazam. I've heard this one is finally good. Yeah, I would think this might be even more fun than Aquaman. What? Hey, sir, Aquaman is, and I think it will remain, the only movie in which a whole bunch of people underwater ride giant seahorses and giant sharks with saddles. Can you I tell me I'm okay any with other that. movies where that happens? I cannot. No, not at all. Or where there's so these same undersea people riding giant seahorses and sharks fight a whole bunch of undersea crab people? I, I cannot imagine that either. See? Aquaman is unique and stands out. Especially for its a... story, which involves someone coming to terms with his powers and becoming what he was born to be. Yep. Very original. Shazam seems like the yokai watch of superhero movies. It seems like it's trying to have fun, which yeah. I can get behind. <laughs> yeah. But let's wrap this all together as one episode here. That's how yeah, you bring it back Shazam. home. If you, gave back Billy, home. if you gave Billy Batson yokai watch three, how involved would he get? Billy Batson is the alter ego of Shazam. He, he might be rocking around yelling yokai instead of Shazam. Or just randomly charging people's phones. Apparently, he yeah, does that. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's on brand for yokai for sure. Okay, <laughs> he he's basically inspiriting their phones. Hmm. So what you're saying is that he didn't actually meet some weird wizard. He's actually infested with a bunch of yokai. I like this. Well, I don't know if you've got into this yet, but in Yokai Watch Three, there are a lot of superhero yokai. Uh, Comes a heat. That becomes a huge thing by the uh, last couple chapters. Excellent. It's great. Hmm. And I, th I think that's all about all I've got for now, so I guess you get to tell us about the wonders of the workplace, Phil. I know. I feel like that. I hear that's what you've been playing. I know. It's a great game, and it never ends. Uh, no, over the last month, I probably just, you know, here and there, just in between doing other things, been kind of doing everything but playing really PC games. Well, one of them was a one was in the laptop, but, um, let's see here. I've been playing Earth Defense Force Iron Rain. 
There is a, um, there is i I'm only supposed to talk about the first few hours of gameplay until the game comes out on the 11th, which might take me this long dead as podcast. Who knows? But, uh, so maybe I'll wait a little bit longer to talk more about that entail. Um, you'll probably want to hear what I have to say if you're an EDF fan before you rush out and buy your copy. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, let's see here. I appreciate that you talked about, what's it called, um... Oh my gosh, it just left my head. A Mike Mickey strategy game on the Switch. Uh, Wargroove? Thank you. Yeah, I definitely, it looks really cool. I've watched a number of videos on it. It is, along with this other game I'm going to talk about, it is a num- one of a number of games that, you know, because the Switch is doing so well, people are focusing on releasing on that first sometimes and, and DC second, but, um, or, you know, it's just on the Switch, some, some of the other Switch exclusive, of course. Uh, when it's something that's on the PC, especially if I see it's coming to GOG, I usually wait for it to come out on GOG. Speaking of having multiple game installers, I really like GOG Galaxy. You don't have to use it. With GOG games, they're usually DRM-free. You can just download, once you buy them, you can download them off the website and you don't have to use installer. But the installer, very much like Steam's deal. I mean, remember when Steam first came out and I remember there was a number of people who were very resistant to it, myself included, right? Especially if you weren't a first-person shooter fan and didn't get it for whatever Unreal, whatever it was called, or Half-Life or whatever it was people were into back then. Uh, It seems like people would get onto these launchers mostly because they have some big Fortnite-like experience on it you can't get anywhere else uh, but uh, when steam first came out i was very very resistant eventually had a cave along with everybody else and, and, and get into it and, and i can certainly understand some of the sentiment out there of hey i like having everything in one spot but i i yeah uh, i kind of got away from that a long time ago because i like command and conquer and the sims and you can only get those on EA Origin, right? And I have to, you know, there's a, the later Heroes of Might and Magic games can only be played on Ubisoft's wonderful launcher. And, yeah. And then there's GOG games, which... Oh, come on, Phil. The times I've talked about using Origin on this show should have told everyone just what a great service it is. <laughs> I don't have any problems with Origin. I don't know why it doesn't like your computer. It just it just does what it does. It's it's kind of bloat heavy for what it's supposed to do as a launcher, and it's not. I, I you know if there was an if I could have my Steam my my Command and Conquer tenth anniversary games along with um, uh, Sims and there's a few other games that are on there, and I could have them through Steam. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool to have it all in one place and one library, but that's just not the reality of life. So my GOG games, there's 700 or so. I have more games on GOG than Steam. That might be hard for some people. Um, in fact, I think I've almost got twice, nearly twice as many. Uh, and that's because I love DRM games, uh, free games, and uh, free <laughs> DRM games. I love playing games with DRM. Who so doesn't? I will go out of my way to buy a game uh, from GOG and support them. It was really super sad to hear that, from what I understand, that the GOG store only made $7,000, is what I heard off of one of the other podcasts. It had only made $7,000 in profit last year. 7000 not 700000 7000 Yeah, yeah. Maybe somebody can Google up that source or whatever have you. My computer, I'm afraid to open up a Chrome again because I'm afraid it's going to freeze wow. the computer. Um, but that's that's what I heard, and, and it's a shame because I mean these guys are DR, DRM free, and and you know uh, Jim Sterling has a wonderful video out there. I forget the exact title. If you really are pissed at what 
Epic is doing, there's a very, very good reason for it. And, and Jim's a very smart guy and he puts a lot of thought into his videos. And he goes through, like, essentially, this is the kind of stuff that y you have to do to... Um, to compete with Steam. Steam is so huge, so big that, I mean, GOG is kind of seen as maybe their far distant second, you know, quote unquote competitor, the way Linux is a competitor to Windows. Ha ha ha. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, GOG barely makes a few thousand bucks. Maybe, you know, it's, it's just Steam is so, is so massive. And, and, and if we don't want Steam to continue the shenanigans that Steam is known for, which are many, I, I can't, I, one of the reasons I don't like, I'd rather shop on GOG too, is because it's so much cleaner. They curate their stuff. Steam, it's, it's just like, they just throw up a bunch of games. Bar Something I've enjoyed lately is day. watching, he doesn't do them much anymore, but Jim Sterling had a lot of videos on just random Steam Greenlight trailers. Yeah. And many of them were for complete and utter garbage. Uh, yes. Let's see here. I remember he had one where somebody was trying to greenlight a WoW expansion Yeah, <laughs> on Steam. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just, uh... It's just amazing. Oh, yeah, their uh, new guy has found the link. GOG only made around 30,000 PLN. I don't know if that's Polish, Daenerys, or whatever. A profit in 2018 <laughs> or about $7,800 in current USD conversion rates. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's something else and um, it's a you know the galaxy service the 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 launcher that they that it uses i like it a lot they have a lot of sync saving so i'll play i'll start playing a game on my computer and then i can open up my laptop and the save file will just come right on over kind of the way steam does with some of its games uh, i can chat with friends but i don't chat with friends so that's not a big thing uh, but it, it's a it's a good it's a it's a good launcher so i haven't tried the epic steam once but yeah i i it, to me it escapes it, the logic escapes me when yeah i can understand why you're upset maybe that your favorite game's going to be on this epic launcher and you really didn't want to download something else i suppose um but to go and review bomb a game or heaven forbid what we're doing here at borderlands we're going back and bombing the older games in the series because borderlands 3 has no steam <laughs> entry so you can't review bomb it yeah yeah so let's go back and review bomb the older games because that just that that's a mature thing to do uh, no this can just... you even review bomb something that hasn't been released i guess that's why you go back and you're you're doing it to the older games in the series uh suddenly yeah uh, yeah pe people anyways gog going back to gog for a minute um so I'm wait that game is supposed to come out the war 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 groove right is that what it's called war groove yep. yeah war groove is supposed to also be coming out on GOG so uh, I probably would rather get it on GOG than get it on a switch and be tied to um, have it tied to the switch um i like the idea that my computers last a lot longer than my consoles do so i try to only buy games on the consoles that are unless i'm just dying to play it on a portable handheld uh anywho uh so i'm waiting on that but I, i'll look forward to your review the what uh, an, another game that is also on the nintendo switch but made its way to gog as well where i bought my copy is tangle deep Tangle Deep is a roguelike game. You can play it on your Switch. You can play it on your computer. I'm sure it's probably on some other platforms. Who knows? Can't pull up the internet right now because I'm going to crash my computer. But a Tangle Deep is a very beautiful 16-bit style roguelike RPG. And one of the first things you'll notice is when you're making a character is that there's like 9 or 10 very unorthodox 
you know, classes. Probably the, the I probably picked the most orthodox one in the Brigand, which is basically a rogue. But uh, the one right next to it was the uh, Floramancer. Because why the hell not? Uh, you know, you, it's all about flower power, flower magic, right? But there's some other really cool uh, different uh, classes uh, that are in there that you'll need to read through like two or three times just to figure out what the hell it is. But it definitely goes pretty far, it distances itself pretty far from the typical mage, wizard, you know, uh, cleric, whatever deal that you see in a lot of these fantasy games. So that's the first thing. You pick a couple of feats and it's really that simple and you're into the game. It seemed, yeah, I've talked about, uh, I forget what the last, getting old, I can't remember game names anymore, but the last roguelike I told you all about, I wasn't super excited about it. This one I'm having a little bit more fun with. I was just sick in bed, as you might be able to hear it in my voice, and I just sat in bed and played on this because it was easy to do on my very light laptop, which could not handle The Witcher, but it can handle Tangle Deep. So I sat there with my Xbox 360 controller and played it on my uh, laptop. But it's it's pretty cool, uh, cute, and it's got a lot. It 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 it's got a lot of little systems working underneath the hood. So you'll go out there, you go do your dungeon thing. You have to watch your health. There's not a lot of healing. Healing is limited, so you can't just you know you got to be careful on how much damage you take. You got to play defensively a bit. Uh, but the early levels are pretty easy to get you warmed into it. I even made it to the first boss, and I was very careful in how I approached him. And being a rogue, I had things like smoke bombs uh, to help, uh, and sleeping traps to help slow down some of the extra minions he had around him. But with careful thought and, and strategy, I was able to take him out without too much problem. Um, so yeah, it, it's pretty neat. There is, as far as some of those subsystems go, you can, uh, you can take a hammer with you into the dungeon and with the monsters below 15% hit points, you can conk them upside the head and he will become your friend because that's how you make friends is you conk them upside the head with hammer. And then, you know, he can, you can use them as a pet to help you get through some of the dungeons, which is pretty cool. It reminds me a little bit of Azure Dreams. You can even, uh, from what I understand, I think you might even be able to breed them or something. I, I'm not so sure. I haven't gotten that far in. You, uh, you also get to plant trees, which will drop off, uh, you know, kinds of fruit and edible items that can help get you health. You can use it in recipes and the such. You can cut down those trees for extra XP and job points. There's, you know, there's job points in the game. Uh, just going kind of all over here, but job points kind of work like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, where you know you're going to unlock specific abilities by spending job points. Uh, you can also spend those job points on your weapons to learn new weapon techniques. And what's really neat is whenever you want, you can change class. So you can change from a brigand to a Floramancer and pick up some of the Floramancer skills and then jump over to whatever. And so you can kind of build your mix and match of characters, just like you can with Final Fantasy Tactics. You can build your mix and match of what classes you like to build, you know, what you think is going to be the ultimate character that can survive all those floors. So that's pretty neat. Um, when you die, the, the you know, like most roguelikes, it does give you three options at the beginning game. I know uh, some people are turned off by roguelikes because they're afraid that when it when they die, the um, um, they won't be able to keep their progress. Uh, there is an easy mode in the game when you start it up that will let you basically not die. I think you just lose some experience and half your gold or something or rather. Uh, so you can always play it that way. Or you can play it the way it was meant to be played, where your character will die, but items you put in your treasure chest, which cost money to store, um, but anything you save away in there, plus your trees and your pets, 
that didn't, unless your pet died with you while you were out there. Uh, but any extra pets or anything like that will persist. So the world and the town, I guess, still persist as, as you as you go off with another character. So there is still some growth and progression. And you can also play hardcore where it all completely resets. Ha ha ha! Feel the burn. So. That one's that one's pretty pretty fun. There's, um, I mean, I don't know if it's gonna be super fun in the long run. I got up to like level seven or eight. I think I played for like half a day, and my poor brigand met her end when I ran to a summoner and underestimated the the ability of five different monsters hitting you at once. Definitely is a is a time to fear, and that's how it usually works in these roguelikes. When you're surrounded, you're in trouble. Probably should have gotten the hit when they killed my. My pet crab in only two turns. I, I probably retreat a little bit faster or so, but that's okay. Cause I'll just make them. You know, maybe I'll try the floromancer. But yeah, uh, Tangle Tangle Deep looks looks super super cute and neat. So check it out. Um, but I guess that's y'all though. Hope y'all thank y'all for listening. Just a reminder that RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com. You're news reviews and home to the best gaming community on the net you know go ahead and leave your comments there if you're gonna if you're listening i got a lot of people writing in and saying hey i'm listening to all your previous shows that is super awesome uh if you're gonna leave a comment on the podcast page make sure you do it on the latest episode those are always the comments we read over over there uh you can also hit us up on twitter i'm at jc servant mr mickey is at jume sin and uh mr new guy what's your handle i am platinum3 P-L-A-T-T-Y-M-3. Pretty much everywhere. And Mr. Epps is at Squeals, I believe. Yes. Pretty much everywhere at this point. Right. So, yeah, feel free to reach out to any one of us if you have any questions. You want us for comments. Questions, you say? Yeah, but no questions for Squeals. Oh. No. Seems like there's a quest involved with that. Maybe a side quest, but... Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Minky, you want to put us... a side track. Right. Do you want to post to bed, Mr. Minky? Um, is there a creature in Yokai Watch that is notorious for putting people to sleep? I'm sure there are. Could not 400, but... Oh, there's a Wide Awake. Okay, let's... Probably an opposite of that, too. Let's just invoke Wide Awake to do exactly what its name indicates when people are getting up in the morning. And whatever creature is in the game that does not make people wide awake, but instead knocks them unconscious, let us invoke that when it is time to go to bed, which is close to now. Good night.
てばっかそんな人生さようなら空気に文字なんか書いてないのに読んで気をもんでないで声上げようさ今日ぜどんどん Holding on. Do we have a skit? What are we doing? No, we're, we're, just getting just start, we're, just we're going to the intro sh- first. Oh my okay. gosh, keep up. This is what happens when you're late. Five, four. <laughs> Wait, hold, hold on. Three, I have one more question. No, there's no more question. Two, but, one. Socks go missing in the dryer, yo. <laughs> <laughs>